0: And welcome to Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. Up to this point, this has been a bi-weekly show that's released every other Friday, and this episode you're listening to right now is episode 48. On a horror movie podcast, you hear in-depth horror movie reviews, especially for new releases with ratings and recommendations to help you decide whether you should buy, rent, or avoid these movies. And I am your host, Jay of the Dead, podcasting from Salt Lake City, and I am podcasting solo at the moment. This is a special episode, and here's how it's going to run. We're going to kick off this episode in a terrible and boring way <laughs> by giving you Lots of big announcements. It's very good news and it's exciting, but I hate starting the show with all this talking and talking and talking. And then after that, we're going to have Bill Shetty on the show to give us his top 10 horror movies of 2014. And then we're going to wrap up this episode with an in-depth review of The Lazarus Effect with special guest Bill Shetty. On to our big news. For weeks now... I've been teasing about some big changes and big news for the Future of Horror Movie Podcast, and the time has come to announce our epic news. Unfortunately, I'm announcing it at about 4 a.m., so (laughs) if I sound weird or like I'm trying to be a little bit quiet, that's why. (laughs) I've received several emails over the past year and a half as we've been doing this podcast, and we've heard your requests. Because we are dead serious about horror movies. As of this show, episode 48, Horror Movie Podcast will now be a weekly podcast, releasing every Friday at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time. Our official show title is still Horror Movie Podcast, but just for kicks. You could call us Horror Movie Podcast Weekly. Now, we're recording each episode 16 days prior to release, which will help give me enough time to have the shows edited so I can release on time every time. And that designated 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time on Fridays is my goal. I want you to be able to count on the show and its release time, not just the release day, but even the time. Now this means that we already have episodes 49 and 50 recorded there in the can, as they say. And may I just say here, the next two episodes, as well as tonight's show, are all quite stellar. But there are three caveats with our weekly release schedule. Number one, regrettably, the downside to this is, when a new horror film releases in theaters... You won't hear our review of it until a couple of weeks afterward, as opposed to the weekend that it released. But just in case people out there actually care about what I think and want to hear my verdict on a movie before going to the theater, which I doubt, but just in case, just just let me think that you do, then I'm going to get back to doing my micro-reviews on Twitter. And so when I see a movie in the theater... I'm going to return again to Twitter where I give you my verdict and a rating in 140 characters or fewer. <laughs> Number two, of necessity, the weekly episodes will probably be shorter than what you're used to. We used to record for two different nights in order to build one episode on the biweekly schedule, but now we'll be re- creating these episodes in just one sitting for the most part so on some weeks the content will probably feel pretty thin however we just recorded two nights ago and that session lasted four hours (laughs) so but I think most episodes will clock in between 90 minutes to two hours much like movie podcast weekly does number three the third and final stipulation to this weekly schedule is that we reserve the right to take a week off if we need to. Now, this won't happen very often, but here's what I'm talking about. For instance, we're still going to be recording our themed episodes, and there will probably be times when we can't get those recorded all in one sitting. So if that happens, we'll let you know in advance, and we'll just take a Friday off And it'll take two different recording sessions in order to put together a themed episode. But if you can live with these three stipulations that I just said, then Horror Movie Podcast is now a weekly horror podcast. Next announcement. As I just said, we're still going to bring you the themed episodes and Frankensteinian shows and specialty shows. But we've actually got a killer year great content planned for you in 2015, and I'm going to tease one of our ultimate shows ever, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to tease that for you now, 271 days in advance, because I want you listeners to be a part of history with us. On December 31st, 2015, which is a Thursday this year, that happens to be New Year's Eve of 2015. We are releasing the most epic top 10 end-of-the-year episode that you have ever heard in your life. It will be the top 10 best horror movies of 2015. On Horror Movie Podcast, you will, without question, get the very best movies of 2015 this year. And let me tell you why. By special invitation only, I am assembling a team of horror podcasting mega superstars. who have agreed to share their top 10 horror lists on this podcast. And each horror host will bring you his or her top 10 best horror movies of 2015, as well as an additional top five of honorable mentions. If you've ever listened to our sister show, Movie Podcast Weekly, particularly at the end of 2014, then you'll know that for that top 10 list, we incorporated our listeners' top 10 picks as well, and it was a blast. And so here's what we're going to do on Horror Movie Podcast. We're going to invite you to participate in this show as well. And then if you do, you'll have a chance to be one of four lucky winners who receive a $25 Amazon gift card. That's right. Four winners will each get $25 Amazon gift card. Now, maybe that doesn't sound like much to you, but all you got to do is watch a bunch of horror movies in 2015 and send us your top 10 list and you could win 25 bucks. So that's pretty cool, right? So I'll be promoting this episode all year long. You might get sick of hearing about it, but I just wanted to tell you here in April for two reasons. Number one, I want you to start getting serious about watching as many 2015 horror movies as possible. I've got a goal to at least watch 100 of them for this year. That's just my personal goal, and I'm going to be reporting how many I get at that monumental show. So, the other reason is, I want you to be able to plan your New Year's Eve around listening to this epic episode. (laughs) Next announcement. You've probably noticed that Horror Movie Podcast is ramping up its social media presence, and I'm trying to do better to engage the community. We now have a Facebook page, Google Plus page. We've always had Twitter and so forth, so just check those out. Um, You can find our little Horror Movie Podcast chicklets at the top right hand sidebar of our website. And along those lines, I'm trying to ramp up a five minutes of horror segment on SoundCloud. I am going to start producing those weekly as well. And I know you're probably thinking, um, that first one's been up there a while. This doesn't bode well for a weekly podcast, but just trust me, you'll see. And the reason for those is so you can share the five minute episodes with people if you choose. That segment is designed to lead people to horror movie podcasts where we're dead serious about horror movies. Next, I'm also going to get more serious about my Beastly Freaks segment and I'm going to alternate it with a brand new segment as well which I'll introduce next Friday in episode 49. I'm going to alternate my new segment with my Beastly Freaks segment. Next, in my day job, I'm a writer. I actually write blogs for various companies, mostly about dentistry. (laughs) I know, weird, right? Well, it has reminded me how much I enjoy blogging, and so I've been working on a number of horror blog articles that I will be posting from time to time, so watch for those on HorrorMoviePodcast.com. Next, I have sucked at the comment boards for the past year and a half, basically, and even though it will be a process, I'm going to try to get better with corresponding with the community. Not just try, I am going to get better. Because it's not that I'm a snob, I just spend all my time editing and preparing episodes so I don't have much time. But I'm planning on ways to fix this problem. And here's my first step toward that. Today is April 3rd. If you email me at horrormoviepodcast at gmail.com, I will answer your email no matter what, within one week. I can't guarantee that I will respond to every comment on the website, but I will respond to every email written henceforth from April 3rd, 2015 onward. Also, along these same lines, every single voicemail will get played, at least in part, on horror movie podcast. Sometimes we get lengthy voicemails, and I may need to just use a portion. Now, for the record... I still have a few in our queue that I haven't played yet, but I think we've been pretty good about this. Also, if you submit an iTunes review, it will be read, at least in part, on this show. iTunes reviews help us the most, and donations help us the second most. And finally, about the comment boards. I've figured out a new and much better way to incorporate more of your comments on these shows. I'm going to disperse a few here and there throughout the show, instead of doing a huge block of listener feedback at the end. So, I'll be bringing back more listener feedback during those episodes. Next, the Horror Movie Podcast t-shirts are coming. I have found a great t-shirt guy here where I live that will do a good job for us with some quality shirts, and I've found a talented graphic artist, the designer where I work, and I will be able to coordinate with him in person. Now, side note, I'm grateful for all the graphic artists who've reached out to me, and I don't want you guys to feel slighted. I'm just so neurotic and such a control freak. It's going to be a lot smoother process for me if I can meet with this guy in person, which I can since he works where I do. And I'll be releasing a list of all the cities that I've compiled for the back of the shirt Just to make sure that I haven't missed your town, and to make sure I haven't misspelled anything. Next, I promise to get a PayPal button on the Horror Movie Podcast website before the end of April 2015. And finally, last but not least, all this talking, talking, talking that I've just been doing for about 12 minutes, I hate that on a podcast, it really makes the podcast suck, and so I refer to this as administrative talk, and from this podcast on, after I'm done with this, I'm committing to eradicate as much administrative talk as possible on these shows. In other words, I don't want to be giving announcements like this. I just want to be reviewing horror movies, period. And so those are the end of the announcements. That's how we're going to improve horror movie podcasts for you. So let's commence with this weekly show. Here is episode 48 of Horror Movie Podcast, where we're dead serious about horror movies. All right, this is the moment you've all been waiting for, and here it is a couple months into 2015, and (laughs) I, I hate that it's taken so long to get to this, but we've all been busy and everything, but finally, I got one of my favorite guests here on the show. We're bringing back the man who is in charge of horror on the go. He is the legend, Bill Shetty.
1: Jay the dad, my man, I brought you into the horror world with the Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre episode on Planet Macabre. You
0: you really did. Way back on episode 10, that special bonus episode, and I was Jason X back then. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, I'm I'm in your debt. I really had a great time on that show, and you got me hooked on horror podcasting. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Now, people might not know this. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows Bill Shetty, but my personal, and I'm I'm not just saying this because you're right here on the show. I've uh, people have heard me say this before. My favorite top ten list of the year in in any in any genre, and I'm talking even of like all all movies in general because I love top 10 lists. The end of the year is my favorite time because you get the best movies and so forth. But my favorite is Bill Shetty's top 10 horror list of the year because for people who aren't aware of this, Bill Shetty watches just about every single American release and a lot of the foreign releases. And so his, (laughs) his pool that he's choosing from is truly like a very good sample of the horror that's available for that year. Now, Bill Shetty, this is true, right? I mean, you—I mean, how many horror movies would you say you watch in a year on average?
1: Honestly, Jay, I don't know. I'll sit down one day and figure it out. But you are absolutely right. Since 2005, I have watched every horror movie that I know of that had come out at that time or been sent to me, screened to me on the internet or what have you. Now there has been some that for some reason escaped me or I didn't get in time or something. There's usually somewhere around 10 or so is all. And every year, but one, my list has changed. I've either had one edition or two editions, Mm -hmm. but this year, Jay, I'm almost 99.999% sure this list won't change. There's only two movies as of right now that I know I haven't seen, and I'm almost positive they wouldn't make the list (laughs) because I know quite a bit about them.
0: What are they, by the way? Just curious.
1: One is that Dead Snow movie, and one's this really low, independent, like, micro-budget film that was made for, like, $3,000 that I skimmed through. I just haven't watched it all
0: well dead snow 2 red versus dead by the way i mean we we actually reviewed that we saw it at sundance film festival and i do have to say even though it is replete it is just filled with comedy horror and it's very over the top okay and i know how you feel about comedy horror same way i do but it is so hardcore bill shetty i think that you will at least appreciate it i don't know if it'll merit a spot on your top 10 list but i can't wait for you to see that by the way
1: oh me me neither either jay and i'll tell you this right now i've never rated a comedy horror film higher than seven because i deduct three points right off the top because that's (laughs) how much i loathe it seriously like i got about five seven comedy horror films so and my list starts at 7.5 and jay I had a ton of 7.5s this year, man. Yeah. I had a brutal time. What I heard, Jay, was a lot of hosts, bloggers, reviewers on the internet saying how bad this year in horror was. And I am completely opposite. I thought this was one of the best years of quirky, weird, unique horror for a change, believe it or not. And I'm not a new unique guy whatsoever. I like the (laughs) same thing over and over again. I like a slasher killer in the woods, like you're covering Friday the 13th. But I was blown away with how good these movies are. Now there's no 10 rated movies this year. But there were so many above average seven to eight rated movies that I was tickled to death. And these all came the last part of the year, the last three months for me, man, Mm -hmm. because the first half was not too good. I thought I was actually going to be struggling making a list because (laughs) I only had a few on my list up until like June. And then they just one after another, I'm like blown away. I'm like, God, which one was better? I actually, this had never happened before, Jay. I had to re-watch movies wow. from, that I'd watched a month ago to compete it with one that I'd just seen, man. And <laughs> I am not a rewatcher of movies, only like the true classics that I really love because I got so many new movies to watch and cover. So I was <laughs> blown away physically.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that because that's very cool to me. Let's get to this 2014 list here in a second, but first I want to make sure the listeners know something in case they're not aware. If you go to Bill Shetty's site at horroronthe.go.com, along the top there, along his navigation bar, you'll see top 10 lists, and he's—I think—he's still getting them entered in there. But you're going to be putting in all of your top 10 horror lists from the present 2015, well, 2014, all the way back to. 2006. Is that right, Bill Shetty?
1: That is wrong, Jay. And since you haven't heard my show, the (laughs) tablet or phone, shame on your brother, you should go buy one Uh, right now. I want to hear my show.
0: I know. I know.
1: Actually, I am going to go back to the year I was born, which was 1970, sir. So there is going to be top 10 lists from 70. Now I'm only I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm only doing a few a year Right now, I got, I think, six or seven years in there, but I'm going back to the year I was born, man. It's going to take some time, but I update them when I get some time to put my list up there on the internet. So yeah, keep an eye out on that, guys and gals out there.
0: But prior to this, though, you had been keeping... I mean, you, you started a top 10 horror list as of 2006. Isn't that right? You were like you were starting to do that and now you're going to go back
1: 2005 right was when i was first came on the internet when podcasting started within the first year that there was a thing called podcast i was on a show and that's when i started top 10 lists and i have never missed a year yet
2: yeah
0: yep. yeah and i'll see and and that's what i wanted to tell people cuz if you look back through those lists which i frequently do and i know Dr Shock references your lists There are lots of great picks in there. So much like your your, uh, indie assault segment, which you used to do that we all loved. Like um, you know, even though you and I don't always agree on horror movies, I always enjoyed your indie assault segment, and I feel that way about your top ten lists until we get to 2014, where (laughs) where you astounded me. I mean, I am just I, I think that you're I think that you're changing. As a horror fan.
1: I absolutely am. And Jay, and I've heard this before from other fans too, it's not just you, but you did hear my debut episode of Horror on the Go.
0: Yes, I did. But I Frankenstein, right?
1: Okay. And describing what is horror. So I've been on the radio show for about three years now, give and take. I can't remember exactly. And talking with so many fans, and it's been in the thousands now over the years. Live, on the air, radio show, taking questions and stuff. They've actually changed my mind. And now I am a really stubborn guy. I've been probably one of the most stubbornest horror podcasters there has been out there since 2005 because i was set my ways and I know what I like. But after talking with so many people, you know, on the air, live, They've actually swayed my thought process of what is horror, and I am definitely way more lenient in my field. And I'm starting to enjoy more movies that ain't, you know, 100% straight up horror like Friday the 13th or Halloween or Texas Chainsaw. Okay. There's a lot of mixture of films, and Jay, I know you as being a A newspaper critic and covering Mm -hmm. movies for the years, how this movie landscape has changed. And I'm just going to say the last five years in horror. It has completely, probably did a, I'm not going to say a 180, I'll say like a 120, where there's much more infusion of sci fi, fantasy, drama, and thrillers into horror, which I was vehemently again.
0: I know. That's now see that's my question and I respect that. I mean you're you're of course welcome to change your mind and feel however you want. But before what I knew of you was you were feeling like the genre, the horror genre was becoming impure or corrupted. It was getting watered down, and that we were losing the genre. But what changed your mind?
1: Like I said, one is the fans. Two is I'm enjoying these films. <laughs> that makes a big difference. Yeah. Three is I see so many hardcore films that nobody ever sees. I get the ultra low budget films that are straight up just torture. From the beginning to the end, there's no downtime. There's no real story. It's just, you know, people cutting off people's heads and doing sick, sadistic things, too. So I am seeing all them films. I still watch them. Some of them I do like. There's actually one on my top ten list that's pretty hardcore, not as sadistic as some of them that I was just mentioning. But I guess my feel, my age, I think, I'm just, I'm changing with and also Jay as a critic I feel like I'm doing a disservice to fans that are telling me that these are horror when I'm and I'm saying they're not so I feel like I gotta change I mean critics gotta change right Jay Mm -hmm. think of back into the before the 70s when all the hammer horror was there and then we start getting up into the 80s with I spit on your grave and exorcist and all these things that changed the landscape completely changed where horror was. It went to slow, methodical, goofy vampire movies with (laughs) a trickle of blood coming down to showing on screen rapes (laughs) and people getting stabbed in the heart with blood coming out and all sorts of things. So the, you got to change with the time. And I think um, I made it before it was too late. I think I got, the feel of what horror is today and now i still don't like sound footage <laughs> i don't think i ever will like sound footage i just don't like that style it gets it don't get me physically sick it's just not enjoyable to me i get dizzy and it just it's not it's not fun to me i don't like it so that i'll never be rating high just because i don't like that style i think it's a cop-out film style. yeah. But anyhow, I think I'm not too late. I've heard from the fans. They've talked me into some of this and I'm with them. So I think there's a lot of cross section of films that hit the horror genre and many are on my top 10 list.
0: (laughs) Okay. Do you want to do your honorable mentions that just missed the cut first or do you want to save those to later? How do you want to do it?
1: Yeah, let's mention the honorable mentions. We had uh, In Fear, which was a Hitcher-esque type movie. Mm-hmm. Not as much action as I would have liked, but it was still a 7.5. And I'll just skim through these. The Human Race, another very unique movie, Jay. Um, how many movies have you seen where people get abducted during a room or someplace? They don't know why they're there and there's a big ulterior motive. Well, this had that same field, except people were on a racetrack or a, a track and field type thing. And they had to go around this track. And if you were last, you died. So (laughs) people kept trying to fight each other to get past them. And we're talking about a lot of people in this hundreds. And there was a countdown. Well, there was a big thing at the end with it. It was very unique. Here's one that was unique. And I got about think about seven that I'm going to be talking about that I'm calling unique for this year. That was one of them. Okay. Then we go to Stonehurst asylum. Which, in your terms, Jay, I hear you use this word a lot lately, is (laughs) horror elements. I hate the word, but there's very few horror elements I have changed. There is horror in it. Is it a straight-up horror? No. It's action. It's drama. It's psychological. But it has my girl, Kate Beckinsale, in it. Mm -hmm. Three twists in it I loved. Very good. And there were some scary scenes in these. And I'll tell you this. Every one of my movies has scary scenes in it to me. Yeah. I, don't, I can't say about everybody, even these ones that ain't straight up hard, but there's scenes that I've jumped in these movies that were scary to me. So I still have that going for me, Jay. All right. Then we move to <laughs> catch hell with Ryan Phillippe. This is just a straight up torture film. He's a down and out writer. Um, he gets abducted by somebody gets put in a dungeon and there's some really queasy type scenes in this. There was almost a man to man rape where it almost got there. It was so scary watching it because of how they played this movie off. Cause the guy that was going to rape him, But Ryan Phillippe was one of my great horror up and coming stars mm-hmm. from back. I know what you did from last summer. Think his career completely dropped off after cruel intentions that he was in. (laughs) I don't know what happened to him, but he is back. He is directing films too now, so that made it. And then the one that actually hurt my soul that I couldn't put on the list was the Bunny Man Massacre.
0: Yeah. Now, see that one made me mad at you, and let me just tell you why, real quick. I had heard about this movie, of course, because how do you not know about this movie? And when I was down in in your stomping grounds, Las Vegas, I was in my favorite store, Zia uh, Zia Record Exchange.
1: And, and you bought it, buddy.
0: Yes, I did.
1: Good man.
0: Yes, I did, and I've been saving that as a little, you know, a little golden gem for a horror movie podcast that I've been wanting to like break out in a review. And so when I saw that you were like, you know publicizing, which I was happy that you were, of course, but I was like, oh, I'm so mad that he's talking about that film because I wanted to, you know, bring that to the fans in case they hadn't heard of it. But anyways, yeah, I'm going to be reviewing this coming up pretty soon. But um, please, by all means, tell us what you think.
1: Yeah, Jay, it actually hurt my soul. And since you didn't hear my top 10 horror on the go episode, man, you hear almost a tear coming out of out of me, man, for not putting it on the list. (laughs) So
0: that's 11. It's number 11 then,
2: huh?
1: Right. Yeah, it's number 11. And I swear to God, I wanted to put it on there just to make a point, but I couldn't because there was just a couple things that really drove me crazy about the film. Mm -hmm. There's so much homage in it to Herschel Gordon Lewis, the Texas Chainsaw. I loved it. I loved the creature. I loved the original creature, too. So he's back. Mm-hmm. little too much talk, little too much dialogue going on. <laughs> there were some stretches there where not much happened. I just couldn't in my right mind, take one of my 10 off the list to put this in there. But for under 10,000, it's a gem in the rough, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, that's... What's
1: your rating? I got to hear your rating, I just throw you don't have to go into detail. But...
0: Well, no, I, I honestly, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm just I I I own it, but I haven't seen it. I I heard a lot of great things and I've been very intrigued by like little clips I've seen. So I I have been eager to cover it because it's such a cool concept to me.
1: Yeah, you might even like it more than me, Jay, because there is a lot of dialogue going on more than I would have liked in it. That's what really hurt for me. But anyway, so you want to start with the top 10 here?
0: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, yeah, whatever you want, just go for it. Yeah, now,
1: have you seen all these, Jay?
0: I have not seen all of them, but I've seen uh, a a few of them. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so number 10 is Starry Eyes. Remember last year I put Contracted on my top 10 list?
0: Yes, and I was very pleased that you did.
1: Awesome. This is a similar type film where a girl's an actress and um, she's trying to get a role. They're all down and out actors in this, just trying to survive, pay rent. They can't get cast in the movie. Well, she comes across this one company and they're not who they seem and this girl starts changing. This is another one that goes a little longer than I would have liked with some action. Hmm. But where it ends up, it's very freaky. It's scary. The actress... Was very good in it. It's definitely tenth, and it's a seven five. So, are you going to stop me if you've seen these?
0: Yeah, I, I totally will. And um, I was really glad that you reviewed this and put it on your list because honestly, by the title and even the cover, a little bit, you can't. We yeah yeah you can't really tell that it's. I mean, I had seen it, uh, seen this cover a lot, and I didn't necessarily know it was a horror movie. <laughs> so, I'm glad to hear that.
1: It's definitely horror, and the guy, God, his name is escaping me right now. The one who was in, um the one we reviewed on one of your older podcasts, that Someone's Knocking at the Door movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He is in, uh, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen, not Seth
0: Rogen. N- Noah, no, C- Noah, Noah, Noah Segan.
1: Noah Seegan. Seth Rogen, UFC, yeah, Noah Segan's in it. He plays one of the down-and-out actors. It's a very interesting psychological thriller horror movie. A lot of scary parts in it. Great acting. It was a must. It had to be 10th. It had to make my list.
0: It's so, on my list brilliant. now. Okay, I, I I added it to my list, sir.
1: Oh, yeah, you'll enjoy it, Jay. Okay, number ninth is Were, okay. which is a werewolf movie. You've seen this, I'll bet.
0: You know what? Um, we had a listener recommend it to me, thought I would like it. I actually got it from Redbox. I'm not making excuses here, but I got to blame Wolfman Josh. Wolfman Josh is like, because I was about to review it for that episode, and Wolfman Josh is like, no, 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 no. Let's do that in a themed episode, because he had a good idea where that would fit in a the themed episode. So I didn't end up watching it, and I'm saving it. So go ahead.
1: Oh, I know This is a really good movie. This is another one that's not straight-up horror. Thriller, horror, drama, I want to put this one at. Mm-hmm. The problem with this film is, Jay, is everybody knows the guy's a werewolf because when you get a movie, you read a synopsis somewhere or you've heard it somewhere. You know, the production company puts out their synopsis and says the guy's a werewolf. Yeah. Well, the first 45 minutes of this movie, you don't know he's a werewolf. You do because you've read the synopsis. You know, I almost struggled with saying that on my top 10 show, but it's like everywhere. Like, you can't not know he's not a werewolf. Yeah. But that is such a crucial element in this movie. It was so fascinating if you wouldn't have known the guy was a werewolf because it plays sort of like Silence of the Lambs. The guy gets accused of murdering a family and um, he gets a lawyer, a public defender. And he's a really big, hairy dude. He's a freaky, scary looking dude. Long hair down in his face, real dirty looking. He's like, I don't know, six, eight or something, skinny. <laughs> not built, but skinny. And like I said, it's a lot of interviewing him, feeling, you feel sorry for this guy because you start to believe that he's not a werewolf. But of course, there comes a time when he breaks out, starts killing, and. You know, it's definitely a top five werewolf movie for me, nice. by far, of best werewolf movies ever. Yeah, because
0: there aren't that many great ones.
1: Nope. And um, just a little teaser for your fans is on Horror on the Go, you got to get that app. I'm um, doing a top five werewolf films ever of all time <laughs> coming up on my show. So.
0: Nice, nice. That sounds great. Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, that was number nine, Joe. Yeah, you got to watch it.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: Okay, number eight. This is the one I doubt anybody has seen or heard from. This is sub $20,000 and it's called Eat. <laughs> That's
0: Eat. it. <laughs> Eat. It's a great title.
1: Oh my God, Jay. I actually love this movie. I would have loved this to be a nine rated movie, but there were some things that ticked me off with the movie. I was <laughs> expecting like what I was talking about earlier, an ultra low budget junk just visceral stuff, no story, no concept, you know, just showing killing, just to show it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, man, this woman has an affliction where she, when something happens to her, something goes wrong in her life, she'll take a bite out of her. And it starts casual, I'm going to say, Whoa. She'll take a bite out of her arm or something. And, Jay, this is ultra low budget, but this looks weird.
0: I do that same thing, but not with my body. I do it with, like, hostess snack cakes. Oh, all
1: right. <laughs> all right, I got it. But, yeah, it starts out calmingly, right? Like, she'll bite off, you know, just a little chunk of skin on her arm somewhere, and then it gradually gets darker and darker. And as you know, Jay, one of the <laughs> things that makes a horror film to me is sound the sound was incredible in this every time something was going wrong in her life the sound like built up and it had such a cool freaky tone and then by the time she was like biting off a toe or something like the sound would be punching you gotta listen to these movies on like a (laughs) <laughs> stereo at least if you don't have a surround system fine but you gotta be listening to some of these movies loud it's freaky it's not for everybody it's a typical Bill Shetty movie to be honest with
2: oh, you
0: oh man I'm so sold on that that I love how twisted that is that's great
1: and Jay for the amount of money you'll be impressed with the acting you'll be pr- impressed with the story i think you'll be even impressed of where it goes there's a couple things and i don't even want to say what i didn't like about it because i want everybody to watch it yeah it was definitely enjoyable 7.5 like i said i love this to have been a nine man came out with this work this movie is number one would have been a trip (laughs) all right moving on number seven was project of equal or project of evil this was a sequel. Okay. Here's another one that shocked me. Uh, this was the year of shocking and unique. You know, Poe's movies are psychologically slow,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: thriller-ass, right? Mm-hmm. Right, Jay? Yes. I'm not a fan of the guy, personally. I really don't get into a lot of people why they like him so much. You know, they read his books and stuff. This movie blew me away. I was expecting, like the original, but no. They went hardcore. This is a hardcore movie, and that's probably why it's on my list. This is an anthology. I think there's six or seven shorts in this. And five out of the seven are mind-blowingly good. Graphic, torturesque. They had story, and they went to a place that you've never seen an Edgar Allan Poe movie go, man. These directors <laughs> went and took the meaning and stretched it to what they thought it was. So,
0: oh, okay.
1: It is very good. There's some of them that are slow. There's one I absolutely hated. Is why this didn't get like an eight, eight and a eight point five. There's one I couldn't stand, and it was like a twelve minute, fifteen minute long one. It was in black and white. I didn't even understand it, and I thought it was so far fetched and stupid so that really hurt that for me and then there was another one that was really slow and not much happened but the other five i was shocked i was blown away i was expecting a garbage movie here you know just passing time i actually had my tablet out on this jay it was playing a game or something when it started and like after the first time i'm like this ain't the movie i put in i Popped the DVD out. I thought I was like, somebody put a wrong sticker on this, man. (laughs) But no, man, I was shocked. So number seven, POE, Project of Evil.
0: So it sounds like they've taken Edgar Allan Poe stories and they've done like a contemporary spin on it where it's a little bit more, um, I guess, jaded and disturbing, right?
1: yeah. Way more jaded, way more disturbing and visceral. None of his movies are visceral or people that's done his movies. It's all usually psychological and slow and you got to figure things out. And
0: yes, you know,
1: David Lynchian type movies. And yes, yes. So no complete opposite. This is visceral and it's tortured or some very disturbing scenes in this. This is not a movie for the faint of heart. And I'll bet you they shocked a lot of people. When this movie came out and <laughs> expecting something else. And I mean, shocking, not in a good way. It was good for me. But I think most people that like movies, pose movies will not like this, you know, like bloody Lizzie or Boss Butcher. I don't think they would like this movie at all. No, you know, like,
0: <laughs> so. I wouldn't put it past Boss Butcher, though. He, he, he might like it, but I see the cover art. Um, it gives you a little bit of an indication because, you know, you got the Nevermore Raven there on the cover, and he's got a, mm-hmm. a bloody eyeball, a human yep. eyeball in his mouth. So.
1: Yeah, and there was some great effects in this, some things that I don't know how they did. It, it was very, it's a straight-up horror movie. There's no mixing genres in that one, that's for sure. Sweet. Okay. All right, number six I know you've seen because I heard you talk about it was Nurse yes. 3D.
0: Yes, I I did. I did see this. So, what'd you think about this? Obviously, you liked it.
1: Yeah, seven point five. I mean, I didn't love it. There's a lot of things. You know, I'm the woman revenge movie guy, man. I think that's like my second favorite genre. Yeah. I I just like when strong women get revenge. Usually in a rape scenario, it could be any type scenario, slasher, what have you. And even though this wasn't a revenge film. felt that way, like she had been wrong, and she's taking it out on everybody. Yeah. And I mean, this, this has a lot of nudity in it. This woman, <laughs> that Paz de la Horta, she is such a weird-looking, looks good, by the way. She's a good-looking woman, but she's yeah. weird in her mannerisms, and it was freaky. There I was agree. some nutty CGI in it towards the end, but there were some good parts in the end, too. And this I enjoyed, Jay. That's pretty much all there is to that. How about you?
0: Yeah, I gotta admit, I honestly um you know, I reviewed this with Willis Wheeler and I
1: I'll bet
0: I, you he liked it. I, oh yeah, he liked it. He came in at seven point five and he called it a rental. But for me, I, I was just I was not expecting much at all. I was in fact I was expecting not to like this film. And it's actually very entertaining. I would it is, con- isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it goes some wild places. I would, I would consider it um, kind of a guilty pleasure type of horror film, <laughs> for for all the reasons you've said. And yeah, yeah, for for me, it was a five. I mean, I call it a rental. Really,
1: that's it.
0: Yeah, like it was a five. It was okay. I mean, I,
1: yeah, but Jay, this didn't go to the level of like Last House on Your Left or anything like that. So, uh, I mean, no. was it the gratuitous nudity in it? Did that bother you?
0: No, <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm sorry to say, but I, uh, I think it's a little bit playful, and I don't like that's, that in a horror film. That's
1: what I like. That's <laughs> that fun factor, man. It's not. Completely serious from start to begin, or from start to ending. You know what I mean?
0: This is so. I mean, I feel like I'm in Bizarro Universe because I have I have slowly migrated to becoming a more sober type of horror fan, where I just want things so serious and dark. And it seems and really? it, Yeah, and it seems like you have migrated the other way.
1: No, no, no. Jay, I've always <laughs> liked fun horror. That's why I liked Friday the thirteenth over Halloween, because Halloween had more of a serious slant right. than Friday the thirteenth. That was the, even though, you know, I love serious horror horror too. Don't get me wrong, man. Right. But like fun horror is what got me into the genre. I enjoy it. And that's not comedy horror.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, there's a distinction there, but I just, you know, I, I personally I have trouble being afraid of this nurse cause you do you know what I mean? I mean, you, you would
1: not be afraid of this girl, man, after you seeing this man. I'll tell you, I would look like <laughs> this girl, man. If she walked by me in a nurse's garb brother seriously
0: well you know after watching this movie actually i started biting off my toes trying to go to the hospital so i could be taken care of by a nurse like this but no, yeah, was-
1: don't listen to jay after this is fun hard you gotta watch it yeah it's I- fun I buy it. it and you 3d if you got a 3d tv i'm a big proponent of 3d that is my next topic actually on horror on the go it's coming out in march i'm not Sweet. sure when this show's coming out But I go into depth about 3D, where it's gone, why it's leaving, and I wish it'd come back and stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of 3D. I love the movies.
0: Wow. Okay. I see. Well, this next one on your list, I have been uh, very curious about this for a long time. This one is one I've been wanting to watch. Tell me about okay,
1: it. This, this starts the eights. This is called RAZE. R-A-Z-E. Another simple concept, Jay. You know, I like the simple concept. Yes, man. you do. Not too in depth. I don't want to be thinking in movies. <laughs> yeah. Just 50 women are in this prison. They get abducted. Their captors say, you got to fight for your life with one other girl. They get hauled off into this one big round barricaded UFC type room, although it's concrete and stuff. It's in a circular shape mm-hmm. and they know all about their families. They know they got mothers and kids and they say, if you don't do this, we're going to kill your family. They actually got like cameras and TVs set up in each of their cells before the fight. And they say, if you don't go fight, this is what's going to happen. You're going to, they're going to die. So anyway, Jay, you will not like
2: this.
1: (laughs) I can tell you that. Why? It's not your type of film at all. How come? You're not an action horror fan, right?
0: Yeah, that's correct. I I do not
1: really appreciate it. This is totally straight up action horror. This is hand-to-hand combat with women. And it's brutal, Jay. There's some scenes in this you believe they're getting their head knocked in. These women fight. They have nothing but their hands. They have no utensils, no knives, okay. no boxing gloves. It's just them thrown in a room with you know prison uniforms. So
0: hand to hand combat. Now see, actually, yep. this does this does sound interesting to me because it sounds disturbing. But no, I I don't like action horror like uh, like I Frankenstein, which or or that one that was your number that astounded me the Abraham. vampire. <laughs>
1: yeah, Abraham Lincoln vampire. <laughs> On that one, aren't
0: you? you, I'm still mad at you about that. No, I'm just kidding. But like, the, yeah, I'm not into that kind of flavor. But if this is realistic, if it's set like in the real oh, world.
1: It's totally realistic. You believe this. And I got to stick up for Abraham Lincoln Vampire <laughs> Hunter. I and knew the you reason, would. The reason why, Jay, is because the landscapes and cinematography was incredible in that film. I mean, it was almost like Lawrence of Arabia type sim- cinematography in that, man. My I love. thought it was so well done. And the Blu-ray was, inc- I think it's one of my top five Blu-rays, that movie. I mean, it <laughs> looks so good, brother. It's a oh. great movie, But that's action horror. This is action horror. This goes somewhere where you never think it's going to go in the end. Nice. When it comes down to the last few girls. And um, it gets exciting. It gets pretty graphic, and it's a good action horror movie. Man, it made number five. Cool, it's an eight movie. Yes. Great acting too. Really good acting.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: All right, number four. I'm almost sure you've probably seen was Wolf Creek two, another sequel on my list.
0: Do you know I still haven't gotten to this? And one sick. Are si- you kidding me? Was it was it one sick puppy? Um, I I would hate to misquote someone. Somebody on this show despised this movie. They thought it was horrible. and so
1: okay, I. Who are you going to believe, the <laughs> slasher man? Who are you going to believe?
0: <laughs> well, let's hear it. Tell me about it.
1: What do you want to know, man? It's just a continuation of Mick Taylor.
0: Okay. So, find
1: so some more people, man. Does torture. There's three jump scenes you'll jump out of your seat in this, man. Like, just came out of the blue, man. You're like, oh, man, that was awesome.
0: Wow. So, so you're saying this, this holds up. I mean, it, it holds up along with the original Wolf Creek then.
1: Well, Wolf Creek was a nine. This is an eight.
0: Okay, it okay.
1: dropped a little because there gets a lot of dialogue heavy in this too. But Mick Taylor, he's my third favorite horror actor of the year, man. Okay. First was the woman from the Babadook, then the dude from Cheap Thrills, and then um, Mick Taylor. Okay. Got it.
0: Gotcha. I, I will have to check it out then.
1: Oh, you're a slasher man, Jay. You gotta watch it. It's yeah, innuendo. You're you're gonna be scared. It's just more of the same. But it,
0: it's been on my list for a long time. But yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now now you're talking. In fact, your number three was my number one of the whole year.
1: Yes, the Baba Duck. And um, well, what do you want to talk about with this? Because I did hear your episode where you talked in hours and hours and hours, and
2: hours.
0: <laughs> did you did you hear our spoiler section at the end i <sighs> because that's where it all clicked for me and i actually changed my rating in that spoiler section and that's what made it a, a 10 for me i mean that
1: <laughs> you're going to hate me for saying this jay but actually i didn't hear that i think i turned it off cuz i got of you guys praising it
2: so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the spoiler section of that episode was the, the the key to it because, and and we of course we can't spoil it here, but um, man. So th- let me ask you one yeah. question. Did- let me ask you one. Okay, you ask me a question. <laughs>
1: yeah, how the hell could you give this movie a ten? Man? You're thinking in thirty years this movie's going to be rewatched and rewatched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
0: Well, I'll tell you why. Because there are two ways to look at this film and to view it, and I'm sorry for all the listeners who have heard us discuss this ad nauseum. But
1: yeah, we shouldn't go into that long because that was an ad nauseum
0: show. B- but but you know that's that's how we do here. That's <laughs> that's how, but, but anyway, um, so on the Babadook, you could look at it like a literal interpretation where you've got this monster or you could look at it as metaphorical where it's representative of something and when i first watched it you know it, like i always do i always try to interpret horror as literal but then as i talked to my buddies about it and realized that i think it was meant to be metaphorical really
1: that would even hurt the rating more if that was actually the idea behind the movie well
0: go okay well go listen just you don't have to listen the whole episode just listen to the spoiler section at the very end because we talk about why that's freaky and i even share like i overshare very personal story (laughs) and so something from my life actually related to this movie oh, and it was okay. it was scary as could be once that opened up so, to me
1: so wait a minute you're giving it a personal rating 10 but in actuality you really couldn't give that movie a 10 could you just no
0: i could i totally could i mean aren't sure. all of our ratings our own subjective personal rating <laughs> i mean right What kind of film critic would we be if we didn't give our own personal opinion of a film?
2: Yeah,
1: it's what you take off of a film, but I mean, there's aspects of that film that bring it down quite a bit, in my opinion.
0: Okay, well, if it's not spoiler-related, can you tell me some of the things that you thought brought it down?
1: One of the big things is spoiler-rated. I can't touch on it. It's up towards the end, but... okay. When the uh, creature comes out of the book and what happens with the creature, you, I'm sure, know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. There's don't a scene that.
1: there. But Effie Davis was incredible. She's yes. she got the, what is it, Emmy or what, Oscar? She's got the Oscar for Best Horror <laughs> Actor of the Year.
0: I'm so, with you. I, I could totally see that.
1: Now, I think you guys, because I did hear this and I've heard on a lot of other shows too. Where you thought the boy was just as good as S.E. Davis, and that I don't agree with. Really? I think now he was annoying. I got sick of hearing him. Um, <laughs> that was part of the movie, but it actually got under my skin after a while. And I felt some of the spots, not all of them, for the most part, he did an extremely well job. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't put him up in like top five kid actors in a horror movie.
2: Really? You know, there oh, were just goodness.
1: scenes that he seemed very staged to me where uh, it felt like he was being directed behind the scene to me. So that hurt it a little bit. That scene at the end hurt it a little bit. And, um, but I loved the concept. I loved the monster coming out of the book. I loved it was cartoony. Like I go into mad detail about this on my top 10 show. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a great little scary horror film. Yes, you know, it, it is. It's third, it's third on my list.
0: Now, see, I was I was absolutely certain that you would end up just hating on this film because everyone praised it and praised it so much. And in fact, I told I told the listeners that I didn't want to really like The Babadook because everybody was praising it. And I'm like, whatever, it's got a dumb name and everything. But So I'm happy to hear that you appreciated it too.
1: Oh, absolutely. I couldn't wait to say it, man. I, I got a pre-screening of this and put it off until... I forget, a couple people contacted me and said, have you seen this movie yet? It was incredible. And I said, I've had it for a month. No, I haven't seen it yet, but I put it in, I think, that week afterwards. <laughs> I'd well, seen it like about a month before your show came out.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: So um, I knew about it, and um, <laughs> it was kind of funny listening to you guys, because I, be- I was with you in most of it. Most of the part.
0: Obviously. Most of it. Okay. Well, if you get a chance, check out that spoiler section, because we All really right. get into the, the, the nuts and bolts, I mean, the heart of the matter. But your number two and your number one picks just astounded me. So let's, let's fight about those next. <laughs>
1: okay. We can fight first about Horns, which is number two at 8.5. I heard your show where you completely dismissed it and said, oh, this is going on movie- Podcast weekly, That's not horror right.
0: movie. It's not even a horror movie. Come on, Bill Shetty. Come on, explain. Come explain. Got
1: to go back. Is this? You're telling me there's no horror? I'm using your word. Horror elements in this? None, right, Jay?
0: No, there are horror elements, but that okay, doesn't make it a horror let's, let's, film. <laughs> uh, stop, stop. <laughs> what? I mean, the Horse Whisperer with Robert Redford. That has horror elements stop. in it, but is that a horror film too? Now.
1: Is there the devil in this movie? Is there somebody that got killed in this movie?
0: <laughs> there's somebody who get killed in tons of movies, even dramas. And I'm going
1: to not... tell you why. Okay. <laughs> Let me just continue. Is it fantasy? Yes. Is it a thriller? Yes. Is it comedy?
0: It does have comedic elements. Is it drama? Yes.
1: Okay. So there's five genres I just named. So where are you going to put it, Jay? What do you just call Oh, I'm just... You can't call a movie just one thing nowadays. It's not possible. That's what I'm talking about, where the horror genre went.
0: First and foremost, though, if you had to stick to one genre, I would go with fantasy on this.
1: If you had to, but we're not not on an island by ourselves and making up rules ourselves. We have Uh, to. Of
0: course we are. We're podcasters. But no, it's a mystery, too. It's just a mystery.
1: Yes, it's a mystery, too. Mm -hmm. Also, is it quirky? Quirky was my word of the year, by the way. You'll hear me say a lot. My (laughs) top 10, because a lot of these movies did things that hadn't been done before. And they had little own little subsections in each part of the movie. It's definitely. There was actually comedy in this that I laughed at. And I hate comedy movies, man. Wow. I swear to God. So
0: how did this end up being your number two, though? I mean, what what Jay, do you love?
1: Was, uh, Jay, this was number one before I seen cheap thrills the last month, buddy.
0: <laughs> oh, man, you are killing me, Smalls. I mean, I can't believe this. So, so yeah, the end. I'll say this, and I'm not gonna spoil anything. The ending of horns. It it but, it goes is there. It
1: incredible! You got to use the word incredible.
0: Mm, I don't know if I use that word, but oh it, my it, god! It Jay, was, it was it a good time.
1: Best, Jay, was it not the best CGI you ever seen? It,
0: it was good. It was well done, and it, it's a good time.
1: Oh, come on, Jay! You're being so dismissive. Well done. Yes. Well done with CGI and Nurse 3D. That was well done. <laughs> now take horns. That transformation and i don't want to spoil it, nothing because fans you gotta watch horns man right. and i think this is a movie anybody can see this this should have been more of a mainstream release i don't know why it got pulled back in limited release and what have you but i think so many people would really enjoy this film there's something for everybody for this movie
0: now that's true and i bet you i know why it got you know it didn't really have a whole mainstream home because because of what we discussed it it has so many different I mean it's got everything like you said it's a kitchen sink movie Uh I think when a film is trying to throw in everything and the kitchen sink like this one did I think it loses some of its power that's all
1: you you did not enjoy watching the film
0: um, I moderately enjoyed it. It's a five to me. I say it's really a rental.
2: A I say
1: it's
0: a rental, but I would not call this a horror film. Honestly, I wouldn't. But but I respect you for calling it a horror film if you want to. You didn't
1: to. call Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter a horror film either. Buddy. I never
0: said that. I called that action horror.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: But I just called that dumb. That's kind no, this, of a dumb movie. Because like it, it, why why is Abraham Lincoln killing vampires? We don't need Abraham Lincoln killing vampires. That's dumb
1: so to me. Uni- God, you're a you're one of them critics that need uniqueness and always penalize <laughs> movies for doing the same thing. And now when they come up with something so far-fetched, you don't like it. Come on, Jay.
0: So so you're gonna tell me we, we, we can have a Betsy Ross horror movie and a Susan B. Anthony horror movie.
1: Not if it's dumb. A Rosa
0: Parks horror movie.
1: (laughs) Jay, was that not a well-made freaking movie? That was an incredible movie.
0: It does look good. And the the horse scene, that horse riding scene that you love in Abraham Lincoln, uh, I'll give you credit. That is very well done.
1: Now, the the, uh, spin-off of that, what's that company that knocks off all the films? Bill O'Burst was in it. Oh, yeah. Played Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Well, it was called Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter or whatever. I can't remember the exact name of it. Yeah, it was now, one of those dumb.
0: Yeah, it's one of those red box movies, is what yeah, it was. That so.
1: was dumb, and I'm a huge Bill O'Burst fan, but that was dumb. That was ripping off something. They had so much stupid CGI, bad CGI in it. It's yeah. like it was like a one-rated
0: movie. That know, like. was Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. And I keep—I want to say, right. I'm probably misquoting here, but I wanted to say that Haddonfield Hatchet liked that, but I could be totally up the creek. I could be totally misquoting him.
1: That's because he's a suck-up critic, man, because he likes Bill Burst Jr., man. <laughs>
0: I would not call him that, and oh
1: I would not, <laughs> him, no. Him with Rob Zombie movies and everybody. Come on, man. Just because somebody makes a movie doesn't change your critical eye. You might be more excited to see a <laughs> Rob Zombie movie. Like, that's coming out on my prediction, is 31 movie. Now, that sounds like it's going to be hardcore, yes. unlike that other junkie release that people most people hate it, except Rob Zombie fans. Now, it's like, come on, be critical. The movie was terrible.
0: Uh, now, now, what are you talking about right now? Are you making fun of the Lords of Salem? Because if yeah. you are, if you are, I totally support that.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that movie was trash, man. Yeah,
0: I just, I despised and detested yeah, the Lords buddy, of Salem. I
1: think one sick puppy is one of them zombie Rob Zombie. Worshippers, man. Like, come on, man. He, he, did,
0: he did appreciate that film. Yeah, that's true. He Because he says, One Sick Puppy says that that film is, you know, you got to appreciate its roots, which is it's rooted in 70s horror. And I thought that was a good point on his part.
1: a terrible point. The movie is horrible. <laughs> I don't care where it was rooted. The best thing about that movie was the sound. I enjoyed the track
0: well there was there was one great little scene that occurred in the kitchen, you know, um and, and that was kind of freaky, but it's like, give me more of that, but yeah that one that one bugs me so bad, but um anyways, so horns what did you rate horns again?
1: That's an eight point five it's a must do not listen to your fearless leader here horror movie podcast it's a must watch, must buy horror film. Yes, it's not Jason takes on Manhattan. It's not Freddy Krueger. It's something new. I think you're going to enjoy it. I was fascinated. I was glued to the TV, man. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else on that, Jay. Tell it. Billy Grimm, remember The Evil Reverend, was on my podcast for like five episodes. Oh, Zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He predicted this movie in the top three, because this was pushed back. This was supposed to be like a, 2012 movie, I think,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he predicted that movie, so I had to pay him homage with that man because wow, you know, it was definitely worth it. And you know them guys in the cutting room, yeah, they really blurred the lines of what is horror, man. And <laughs> hey,
0: oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting film for me. It's a five. I say rent it. And when you when your Girl Scout cookies come in, have the Girl Scouts in, have your grandma over. And everybody can watch it. And I think everybody will have a good time.
1: <laughs> right, Bill Shetty? <laughs> you
0: hate I me right now.
1: It's a majority of people. And you're so dismissive. I don't know how you can rate it. Just for the acting alone, Jay, a five. For the sound. For the CGI. for um,
0: I actually don't love Daniel Radcliffe's performance I don't in this.
1: Dude, man, I don't like
0: No, I'm saying his performance in this I don't love. Now in The Woman in Black his performance is tremendous. And if you compare and contrast those two performances of his I hold
1: a candle to this movie. What? Woman in Black don't hold a candle this movie. That's just another uh, ghost tale. Uh,
0: Falsehoods.
1: False remake.
0: Just another ghost tale. That that's an excellent ghost tale and oh, I'm not even a ghost movie guy. Come on. I
1: jumped more in horns than I did in Woman in Black, that's for sure.
0: Well, it's not a jump movie. It's a disturbing film that seeps into your bones. But I will say Woman hey, in Black 2. Ghost,
1: ghost ghost, movies are made to be jump scene movies. Jay, what are you talking about?
0: Not necessarily. This is a, I mean, that's a slow burn hammer ghost exactly. movie, you know, so. Listen to
1: Jay, a slow burn hammer. If I wanted to go live in the 60s, then I'd go there.
0: <laughs> but I will say this. Whatever you do, don't see The Woman in Black 2, Angel of Death. That thing is horrible.
1: Anyway. You know, I gotta watch it, man. I just feel Dang. it's my duty going back to our call. I gotta watch all the movies, man. I know,
0: I-, I know. I try to save you from things. But okay, so let's talk about this number one that I cannot believe is is on your Okay, go ahead. You announce what it is, and then let's let's fight about this one too.
1: Yep, cheap thrills. I think you talked about it on one of your shows. You had a versus show on this, right?
0: We did, and I was really struggling with the fact that this one isn't horror at all, whereas oh
1: my god, Thirteen
0: Sins, the film that's just like it, that is more horror. So.
1: Like it? It's nowhere near like it. It bugs me that you guys even compared the two. To be honest with you, it's the
0: same premise, basically. Not
1: the, maybe the overall larger tone of the movie, maybe. But it's cracking it, me up. Come on, Jay. In reality, these films have nothing in common whatsoever. What? But you got two characters trying to earn money, doing demented things with. They're captors. I'm not even... They're not captors, but with the two people that's paying them. 13 sins is all over the phone. He don't know who's behind it. He's getting phone calls. It's not even in the same league, dude.
0: Okay, you, you ready? You ready for this? Let's, uh, I got some questions for you. Tell me which movie I'm talking about. You got a guy who needs money and gets offers to do terrible things... In order to win money, he he starts doing terrible things, he starts winning money, it starts escalating and ramping up, the things get more terrible. Which movie am I talking about?
1: Thirteen Cents.
0: Nope, Cheap Thrills.
1: No, because it, no, because <laughs> there was two guys in Cheap Thrills. They're going after each other. The, Battle in between them.
0: But you know, we have a protagonist that's who i was referring to but if you had said the other movie i would have said see you see what i did there it was a little leprechaun type of trick where i was <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah, but i knew right knew right away when you just said a guy because you could never do that with cheap thrills because it's not about a guy it is Are
0: about you? a guy we don't no, we don't get the sympathetic backstory of his buddy we don't really care about his buddy but we get the whole story in cheap thrills about this guy our protagonist, and why he needs money, right?
1: Oh, my God, Jay. I just thought we have seen films similar. Okay. But this went a different angle because, like 13 Sins, and usually these movies where people get abducted or have to do things. Yeah. I think we even made mention to the Danielle Harris one. Right. Where they're around the table, and there was that other one with Combs. Would You Rather, that yeah. have similar feels to it.
0: By the way, this, did, did you like Would You Rather? Because I love that
1: movie. No, I didn't. You overhyped it. Oh, and I did vote on your thing that you overhyped it, too. You're making me mad. <laughs> you way overhyped
0: that movie. Oh, that movie's so good. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Proceed.
1: <laughs> oh, actually, I like the Danielle Harris one better, but I don't remember why because it's been a long time. But anyway, let's do this, dude. This movie felt so real and authentic to me, unlike 13 Sins, Would You Rather, and whatever now the name was, that Daniel Harris one. Yeah, (laughs) It just felt like this could happen. Yes, it's far-fetched, certain things have happened, but I don't think, Jay, and this is my second best acting job of the year right here, is this dude that played this. I mean, it felt so authentic, okay? It opens up where he's getting kicked out of his – he's not even in an apartment. It looked like a hotel to me. He's living with his wife and kids in a hotel, it looked like to me. Mm -hmm. It didn't even look like an apartment. So he goes to work and gets fired, right? Yeah. This happens all the time in life, right? Right. People got a bad life, trying to survive. They get fired all of a sudden. Goes to the bar. We're still 100% reality here. Everything's playing. You feel so bad for this guy in the first 10 minutes. And he's a dorky-ish looking guy, right? Yeah, Pat, he's not like no macho guy. Or, he's an ordinary guy.
0: Pat Healy, for those who... Don't know.
1: Yes. At Healy, what an incredible acting job, man! Y- yes. But anyway, mm-hmm. so he's at a bar and he meets his buddy. When they meet, the two characters that offer them money, and one of them is the famous horror star, which her name's escaping me. Come S- Sarah on, Sarah Paxton. Sarah Paxton, right? Mm-hmm. Who's a doll, cute as hell.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yes. And David Kickner, who's from The Office. Now, was he, which, I
1: didn't even know, which I don't watch TV shows, so I had no idea who this guy's from, because uh, I've never seen him.
0: Okay, yeah, see, now that's something that you had over me as an advantage, because he he plays a very flamboyant and obnoxious character on The American Office, and so it was really hard for me to not see that character when I saw that actor, so
2: and
1: that's understandable yeah i'd never seen the guy in my life and i'd never seen pat healy's friend either who i found out is a big star too who's been in quite a few things
0: oh yeah ethan embry and and josh loves him mm-hmm. right
1: okay yeah see i'm you know i'm not a mainstream guy i don't watch tv i don't watch other type of movies so yeah you know sarah paxton's a star let's do her and i did see pat healy in something else and i can't remember what it was, but it was years ago. But he, I know I, what it was. What was it?
0: Compliance. Compl- oh,
1: Compliance. That's it. That's it. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you like him in Compliance?
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, not a great movie.
0: It's kind of creepy.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, you get this weird vibe with the people that's paying them, right? You don't know why they're doing it and such have you. You see his, his buddy who's a thug. Yeah. <laughs> they played off each other so well. What a duo these two made, man. It was so believable. Everything they did was believable. Okay, so it starts out, tame, you know, go over and ask a girl out, things like that. <laughs> and as you know, and like you said, Dave, this ain't even a horror movie. As <laughs> we all know horror movies escalate. Do they not? Yes. Did this movie not escalate?
0: Well, most movies escalate escalate, to be fair, because they, you know, they proceed in the rising action toward a climax, right?
1: Okay. (laughs) So, in your review of this, did you describe any of the scenes? Since this isn't a horror movie, we can go in and describe scenes that aren't horror, right?
0: Yeah, go ahead. You can describe a couple. I mean, don't, you know, there's a big, you know, there's the big scene, which you don't want to go into, of course, right? Right. Toward the end, but but yeah, go ahead and describe the earlier stuff.
1: Okay, so we get like I said, go up to get five hundred bucks, ask a girl out. They go back to their house. There's another little plot in there. The one guy wants to steal from them because they see all this money. There's something happens there. You find out this guy's a judo champion, which I thought was quirky. And this whole movie's quirky and weird. Yes, what I liked about it. It's not the typical things happen. Mm -hmm. You couldn't guess what was going to happen next. As many movies as I see, I had no idea where this level was going to go. So I'll just describe the one scene. We get to a part. Pat Healy had left because he had called his wife or something happened there. He started feeling bad. It started getting really weird. So he left. So the one friend's still there doing these gags. And I think it was 20000 or $25,000 he offered to cut off his finger with a hatchet. <laughs> so now we're getting freaky. He has to sit and think about it. Well, in the meantime, Pat Healy comes back and walks in. I'll do it 5000 less. So there's a little battle going on between the friends. And there was things that happened before this. The one guy had to take a leak on him for money, things like that, fun type stuff, but nothing visceral yet.
0: That yes, golden showers are very fun,
1: right? And then <laughs> they had the scene over at the neighbors where they had to do something over there, yes, which I never would have did for three hundred or five hundred,
2: <laughs> right? But
1: anyway, but it it felt re- it still felt real to me up until this part, Jay. Till the hand part. It felt real. Even when they had to go to the house and all the other stuff, it felt real now.
0: You would have done this, the Sarah Paxton part too, right?
1: Oh my God. <laughs> now that that was another big shocking scene there. <laughs> I thought it played well into the movie and don't describe that.
0: I won't, I won't. That's I just had to complete. bring yeah. I had to bring that up for you.
1: <laughs> but, Jay, when you, di- when you did mention that, though, that is when his emotion started turning, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Where he did it for a long haul. He knows that's what it felt like his turn in the movie was.
2: Okay, yeah. So, there's one scene, Jay,
1: where his friend wants to cut off his finger for 20 grand or 25 grand, whatever it was, and he undercut him, basically. <laughs> yes. Because he needs the money more. <laughs> basically. Yeah. They showed it. Now, typically, it wasn't set up for a 100% horror movie. I felt it was going to be horror because it kept escalating. So it felt like a horror movie to me from the start, to begin with anyway. But when they got to this scene, and they actually show his finger hanging off. (laughs) And they got a... It didn't cut straight through, man. The dude's bawling his eyes out they're showing it it's right in the camera his finger hanging by a piece of skin you're telling me that ain't horror well i mean they don't show those type scenes in comedies you didn't see that in white chicks did you or tommy boy or Caddyshack?
0: i saw it in uhf when he cut off his finger and blood squirted everywhere remember that Weird, UHF. Al, Weird Al Yankovic's film, UHF.
1: Never seen that one. Well, you'd,
0: you'd probably get a kick out of that then.
1: Oh, all right. So <laughs> anyway, from there, Jay, it keeps up. And, and there's several more horror scenes with eating certain things and stuff mm.
0: like that. <clears throat> yes. Awesome.
1: It's a, if, it's a good if, time. It's not only is it a good time; it's an enjoyable watch. I watched it three times to make sure that that was going above horns, man, in that last <laughs> month because I was so conflicted with them. And wow. I watched these films with many people too; it wasn't by myself. I had some friends over a couple times, was drinking a couple times, and I don't drink, so
2: <laughs>
1: it was a really well-made, fun exciting movie that you have no idea where it's going to go. And I'm glad you didn't say many scenes because that's the best. You don't really need to know any scenes that happen. Just know it escalates. Right. The more money that's involved, the more things they have to do, the more Mm -hmm. visceral it gets, the more they got to think about it and think of the consequences. And I love the ending this is a movie where I love, Just Like Horns was another one where I completely loved the ending. Yeah. I usually don't like horror endings a lot of times.
0: Yeah, this Great ending was movie. solid. That Yeah, it has a solid ending. It's strong. That is good. And So what do you rate Cheap Thrills for the listeners? Cheap,
1: cheap Thrills is a nine. It's number one of the year by far. I mean, it's not even close. You know, even though my ratings are half points or points, you know, this is how I... Justify it, to fans every year, is when my number one, usually every year, there's no question for me and that it was close with horns, but after the rewatches with this, and um, it blew me away how good everything was. The only I'll say this, the only reason it couldn't be any higher than a nine was the sound. It's not a movie that has a horror soundtrack, and it's not a movie that you'd really want it. There was some tenser musical scores in it in certain parts, but nothing scary or horrifying. So that's why it could never hit like a 10 or something on a movie like this. But I got you. It is a nine. It's the best of the year, man. I love my list this year. I love my <laughs> list every year. But, yeah. you know, it's, they're all buys, in my opinion. I think, you don't know, rewatch them all.
0: It's the highlight of my year. I, I, I really love look at, looking forward to your list and getting to hear it and, and just curious. So the couple I wanted to ask you about, what did you think? Because in my list, at number two, I had The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which was a remake slash sequel. What did you think of that?
1: Yep. Good slasher film. One of the better slashers of the year. I rated that a seven. You know, that was down around the 20th spot. I. There were some things I didn't like about it. Okay. But what about? But, yeah, it was credible. It was See, that's one of them where a lot of people said the remake was better than the original. The original wasn't a horror movie. It wasn't meant to be. It was a crime story. This was a horror movie. So I never really even compared them, even though there was some of the same scenes and it's based off of real life and stuff, but Now see, yeah, I... I thought there were some goofy scenes in it. I'll say that Trumpet scene or whatever trombone. I thought it was stupid. The trombone just, kill,
0: yeah, yeah. I that,
1: thought it was absolutely stupid.
0: That is bizarre, <laughs> for sure. But, but yeah, I would consider the original one a horror flick. I think it's filmed like a horror flick because it, you know, it, it shows things like the trombone kills and things. But what about what about Animal, which was a beastly freak flick? That was I. That came in at number four. You get a beast out in the forest. It starts ferociously.
1: No, wait, wait a minute, Jay. That comes out this year. I have this right now. It comes out in February. Animal. Animal. Yes.
0: No, that's that's been out actually.
1: Yeah. No, I'm almost sure I got it. I got it. And it's <laughs> coming out in this month, February yeah. or March or something.
0: Yeah, it came out on June thirteenth, twenty fourteen. On IMDb, it's a twenty fourteen movie, and it's been on Amazon for like months and months. But that one, it's directed by. Brett Simmons and I'm excited for you to see it, Bill Shetty. And here's why: it's the same guy that did that movie, Husk, the killer um, oh, okay. scarecrow movie, and it's Jay, sweet.
2: You you
1: you got your internet open right there. Check and see when the DVD of that comes out. Pop on Amazon or something. I'm pretty sure it's this year, man.
0: Yeah. Well, you you probably do your your year of release rating. It sounds like. Do you determine it by when the DVD comes out? Is that how you do it?
1: I actually determine it personally, either or like like for example, Eat. That is a VOD movie. It don't come out on DVD until this year. So I got a feeling that is how um whatchamacallit is. I know for a fact I got the DVD sitting here and I had it jotted down. Because I get a master list of when DVDs are released, and I know that was on there is, Either
0: this month or next month, man. Yeah. Well, see, I consider it 2014 since it was available on VOD and, you know, since, like, s- last summer of 2014. But, man, it's worth your time. I can't wait for you to watch it. I think it's really strong. The DVD release date on it is February 17th, it says.
1: See, or your, your butt knows what he's talking
0: about. <laughs> yes, for the DVD release. But that thing has been widely available
2: or yeah, but since most June.
1: people most I'm not going to say most. Let's say half people usually don't hear about a movie till it gets released on DVD unless you're in Netflix or Amazon on demand. Yeah. Survivor, you well, know what I mean?
0: well, and that's that's definitely the case with a lot of horror films because we don't even get get a chance to see them because they don't go to theaters or whatever and they right. you know, the first time they they arrive is on DVD, so yeah, that's and that's unfortunate. But um, what about the Dead Two? Have you seen that yet?
1: Yeah, I wasn't. I that was one of my big letdowns. I mean, it was vast. They had some good cinematography again, but they didn't match the African zombies, the Indian zombies at all in the scare factor to me. Wow, didn't even hold a candle. I think I did come in with about a seven or six point five, but. That? I liked the movie, but it didn't compare to the first.
0: Movie. Yeah, because in 2012, The Dead, the first one was your number one film of the uh-huh. year, and and this one was definitely comparable for me. So I was surprised you didn't like that more. What about the Ben Katai's Beneath? It's called Beneath. It was the no. the haunted coal mine film.
1: Yeah, I didn't like it.
0: Well, oh man. Okay, what about The Sacrament? Ty West is the sacrament. No, I
1: was disappointed, even though I knew I wasn't going to really like it. I am not a Ty West fan at all.
0: <laughs> and, and that really hurts. I just want you to know. I'm so sad that you don't like Ty West.
1: I just, I, you know, he's an up-and-coming horror star to a lot of people, just like Adam Green was, and I really didn't like a lot of his movies either. You know what I mean? I just don't like the flavor of their horror.
0: I get that, especially with the, your feelings about pacing. And I understand that Ty West is a little bit slower paced. But, I mean, we're talking about quality filmmaking and quality horror filmmaking well, when we talk about cool. Ty Come on, you're
1: not going to call cheap thrills horror or horns horror, but you're calling the sacrament horror when there was no horror into it until the end?
0: Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> that That is, I mean, that really happened. That's the Jim Jones story. And that's, I mean, how, what's more horrifying than, than this maniac poisoning people with Kool-Aid?
1: I, it's, even though that was supposed to be a realistic, and I know it's based on reality and everything, (laughs) it just didn't feel real to me at all, man. And the interviews with the guy, no, it's not, so slow. I mean, it was fascinating to a point. Yes. But no, dude, that's, That don't even compare to, like, cheap thrills, man. That ain't even in the same league, man. There's no fun and excitement, Jay. I'm the fun horror guy. Come on, Jay. Where was the fun in that movie?
0: (laughs) The fun was just how freaky it is that you're there. You're there with them. On this situation, that's just
1: I thought they were idiots for people to get suckered into something like that. I don't feel sorry for people like that. <laughs> well, I felt sorry for Healy and Cheap Thrills. I didn't feel sorry for them people that got suckered into this Jim Jones guy.
0: Okay, what about, uh, I've been really excited to ask you about this. What about Exists, the Bigfoot movie, Eduardo Sanchez?
1: Wow, this will be a debut because I haven't talked about this and a lot of people have asked me about this behind the scenes and written. Yet, uh, found footage hurt. Now, I love the scene where he jumped down onto the van.
2: Yes, Great
1: horror scene, but I'm not a Bigfoot guy. Don't believe in it. I think it's goofy. 99% of them are goofy to be honest with you. Now, this was straight up horror, but can't get past the handheld even though it's plausible the bigfoot hunters are out there looking for big (laughs) they're gonna be recording it but no dude when i start a handheld film my gut sinks every time in the first couple minutes yeah okay for me
2: man. no it
1: wasn't wasn't that i mean there were some good scary scenes i'll say that but i did I did rate it, I think, on Twitter at one time. After like a couple months went by, I was definitely below a five. I think I came around a four or something.
0: Oh like that. man, that hurts. That that the you just okay. Well, what about this? because like, I've been waiting like a lot, like for months, to ask you this question. Okay. What did you think of Kevin Smith's Tusk?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: I have <laughs> a couple things to say about that.
0: Do you say Walrus yes or Walrus no?
1: <laughs> I'll say the concept was good. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to make a horror movie, which is disappointing because I think it could have been, I am a Justin Long fan, really liked the kid. I think he did a really good job in this. But when you feel so sad for somebody in a film, (laughs) like how this ended. Yeah. That I don't call a horror film because when you are almost to the point of crying, I mean, it's that sentimental of a movie. Now, I would not call that film horror at all. And, you know, we just went through my list. I described everything, even though there's some scenes when they're having battles and he's got legs cut off and stuff. I would not call that film horror.
0: Wow, Is, would would you call Human Centipede horror?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Okay, well, I mean it's it's very similar to me, but
1: not not really. I don't think the, the feel of the movie ain't similar at all.
0: You have a maniac who abducts people and turns them into an animal.
1: You're taking what. No, no. What? You're you're, you're, you're way off. You are summarizing something, Jay. That ain't the truth. The one high a concept. Human, for one, it's human centipede. They didn't get turned into an animal.
0: They were turned all. into a centipede made of humans.
1: They did. They they did not get turned into an animal like they he did in Tusk. Well, where they he were physically looked they, like a wall. Uh,
0: well, they were surgically transformed in both films. Is what I'm saying.
1: You're summarizing. You got to describe something deeper, Jay. No, you're... it's
0: high concept. It's like you you know you got a, a mad scientist who makes people into a body horror freak. You know, and it's you know it's it's they're both horror to me, but okay. Okay.
1: But I, go ahead. let's get off of that aspect because they are different. They're not the same. And when you see both movies, you'll know what I am talking about. Number two, I have there's so that. much levity and comedy in Tusk, unlike Human Centipede, where it's from start to finish, it's horror, horrifying.
0: Yeah. And that's the Tusk problem with Tusk.
1: It's a comedy for the whole 45 minutes. And even there's even some comedy after that, which was goofy. Like when he comes out nude and stuff like that, it's like goofy.
0: (laughs) I don't want to hear this criticism from the guy who puts horns in his top 10 list. This is funny to me. But okay. what about this? Because I never got to hear your episode on this because I do not have a smartphone yet. But Killer Mermaid, did you love it?
1: I didn't love it, but I liked it. That was another good slasher for the year. I think I was about seven. I was around the same with that in Town That Dreaded. Okay. They were both around 20th. Yeah, the sound in that was what was freaky, too. And you know I'm the sound guy.
0: Yes. All right. Yep. Last one. And this last one I wanted to ask you about. I've been really curious. What did you think of the new Godzilla
1: movie? <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the original Godzilla movies either. So. <laughs> All
0: right. So I, were you were you disappointed with the execution? I, I was th-
1: disappointed in th- the whole thing. I'm in the camp where I want to see Godzilla crushing buildings and no drawn out story. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I might even dozed off in that movie, man, because I've seen it in the theater. <laughs> I was with my uh, one worker. I forget what. I think I was in Texas Some State at the time, some damn theater. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) I might have even shut my eyes like the first half, but no, I'm not in the Godzilla camp. (laughs) What side were you on, Jay?
0: Yeah, I I did not like that movie. I was disappointed. But but Wolfman Josh really liked it.
1: No, I liked the other remake. What was it, 99, in the 90s or something? The oh,
0: are you serious? Are you talking about the one with Matthew Broderick?
1: Is that who was in it? I forget it.
0: Yeah, been like the, the, the Roland Emmerich one. It's like the one everybody makes fun of from like 1998. The, the, you like that one?
1: Yeah, I think that one. <laughs> I think, I think. Like I said, it's been, I mean, it was okay. better than this.
0: Wow. I, I, I don't know if I could say that. I, I mean, it was more playful and, and maybe even more entertaining, but that movie's pretty bad when it comes down to it because it's kind of cheesy but
1: are you calling Godzilla hard, Jay
0: now that's an interesting question <laughs> I am calling Godzilla a second tier classic <laughs> monster and because he is a classic monster I feel like he at least has some place in being addressed on a horror podcast that okay. that's cheap
1: Thrill has more horror in it than Godzilla fans. So just listen to me and get cheap thrills.
0: But Godzilla actually has a monster in it. So
1: but... just because a monster's in something, there's good monsters.
0: <laughs> you crack me up. You know what I'm finally learning about you after all these years? And it's something that I also admire about our friend, Dr. Shock, is that you're just genuinely a guy who likes movies. And. You're not snobby Absolutely. about. it. Well, I mean, you're not snobby about it though. I mean, you're not bashful to say you like things like Jupiter Ascending or there was something or, or Godzilla from 1998. So, you know, I appreciate that. Every once in a while, I call Doctor Sh- Shock. I call him Doctor Schlock because he loves Schlock movies. He doesn't care just because he loves the cinema so much, and nothing eh, wrong with that.
1: I never, never afraid to say what I like and don't like, man. If you like something. You like something, there's, but I think you're miss missing me for somebody like Boss because he <laughs> no. watches the junk and likes it. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't think that about you, but I I know that he he can watch pretty much anything and have a good time. <laughs> Let me know if there's something you want to cover. Like for example, I know in f- like February we have that horror flick coming out, The Lazarus Project. Are you going to
1: sound sound footage?
0: (laughs) No, the Lazarus effect. Are you going to see that?
1: I will. If you want me to.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's review that on here. And, um, it it comes out on February 27th. So at the end of the month, maybe you could come back on and review it. That'd be fun.
1: I'll definitely do it, man. I'm going to probably be getting to a lot of movies. I'm definitely going to watch them all just like you do. But I don't cover theater releases because I want the people to be able to stream it or get the DVD. So I don't cover them on my show, but I do watch them all. I'm, I haven't over the years, like the last couple years I have, but before that I usually didn't. I waited until they came out on DVD because that was just what I did. But now I have been going and watching them in the theater, so... Gotcha. Absolutely. I'll, I'll review it with you, buddy.
0: All right. Let's plan on that.
1: Nice. Jay, I had a blast as always and we'll be doing the Lazarus effect, buddy.
0: Yes, we will. And it was an honor to have you once again. Thanks for joining us on horror movie podcast.
1: Thank you, Jay. See ya.
0: All right. And at this point in horror movie podcast, I am pleased to welcome back. Honestly, my favorite horror podcaster. I think he is the legend to me at least. And he doesn't know this and I hate to admit it because he disagrees with me so frequently. (laughs) But truthfully, this man is one of my inspirations in horror podcasting. I was doing podcasting before this, just general movie podcasting, but he really kind of set me aflame for doing horror movie podcasting. And so I owe a lot to him. I want to welcome the man, the myth, the legend. He is the host of Horror on the Go. Welcome back. Bill Shetty.
1: I'm humbled, Jay. Seriously, (laughs) man. It means so much to me that I inspire people. And, you know, the reason I started doing shows and broadcasting and stuff is to help fans simply, whether a movie is good or not, And I've been doing it nine and going on 10 years now, straight on the internet. And I love it just as much as then. And I hear from people all over the world and I love it. I'm glad I'm helping people decide on what to watch and get, man. That's what it means to me.
2: Yeah.
0: And I I love fighting with you. And when I listen to you, like uh, this past week, actually, true story, I've been listening to old episodes of Grizzly Zone and um, (laughs) with you and crucifix and man, I, I just I always want to like yell at you and stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're friends. You and I are friends, and but Absolutely. but but it's just it's hilarious because like you know we we fight a lot too. So you you crack me up, and I like fighting with you about horror movies. I have a feeling we're gonna fight a little bit tonight on this one.
1: So. Probably, but Jay, first before we get started, now you just called me a friend now. All right. You've seen this movie before I did. You knew when I was going to see it. Now, would a friend let another friend spend $15 a ticket on a movie he knows wasn't worth it?
2: Well,
0: here's the thing. I didn't want you bailing. You know, I don't get to hear a Bill Shetty podcast a whole lot these days or radio broadcast or whatever you call it. Now, I don't get to hear you that much. So I'm like, if I... Text him about this movie. He's probably gonna bail and not even see it. So, uh, so I just like snickered to myself and walked out of the theater. But I did consider texting you. I really did.
1: You see horror movie podcast fans? Who your host is? <laughs> he's a cynical man. <laughs> but no, Jay, I would have seen it anyway. Eventually, um, I probably wouldn't have went to the theater to watch this because I hadn't heard nothing good about it. But
0: well, why do you pay fifteen bucks to see a movie? I just pay 675 and see a matinee
1: i don't go to matinees man i'm usually working during the days if i'm not working i definitely don't want to go out so i'm a night
0: guy i gotcha well all right well that brings us here to our feature review of the lazarus effect good morning dr McConnell. good
2: morning james
0: this whole process started with the lazarus serum the goal here is simple to bring someone back from the dead
2: that one in three two one no effect maybe if we up the dosage the next time
1: you're playing god with a bunch of dead animals if we're going to be asking big questions we have to be ready for the answers
0: all right do you want to do the honors and give us the premise on this one
1: you want the premise on this movie
0: yeah give us the premise no and remember no spoilers of course
1: Ah, that's right. No spoilers. Hey, I don't do spoilers either. <laughs> yeah, a group of, and I always do this off my head, I'm not reading this anywhere, so you know that, Jay, but... Um, yeah, so, old school. No, old school, so <laughs> we got a group of medical personnel students that concoct this, oh, man. Serum. Flu, serum fluid. Good, thank you for helping me out there. <laughs> sure. Looking for the right word, to resurrect the dead. Now, in the beginning, they made mention of helping coma patients and stuff like that. To be honest, I wasn't even paying attention to it. <laughs> 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 hey, I was on a new date, so yeah. I wasn't totally 100% into it. And after it got started, I was really out. But anyway, they... <laughs> They start injecting this fluid into animals, pigs, dogs, which I was shocked because in the U.S., man, you don't fool around with dogs. Now, I'm not the biggest animal lover in the world, but dogs are something you don't mess with usually in this country. So I was actually shocked they went the dog route.
0: You mean because people would be offended by that?
1: Absolutely, yeah, uh, they do, and the, uh, what is it, the HSPCA and all them, man, I mean, you know it's all legit, but it's just something you usually don't trifle with in well, movies.
0: Well, our buddy uh, Doctor Walking Dead, Kyle Bishop, he always gives the distinction of how you can tell a real horror movie, and that's whether or not the dog dies, but this is an interesting film because the dogs start out dead, right? Correct. <laughs> so... So, jury's out. But
1: that captivated me, though. I actually perked me up because I'm like, wow, I actually said this in the theater. I was like, wow, they're using dogs. So, like, I was a little excited to see where this was going to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And if we could talk about the title real fast. So, the Lazarus effect. I'm sure most people are aware that, I'm sure, I mean, I assume it's named after the person in the Bible named Lazarus, who is known to have been raised from the dead by jesus after being dead for like four days so he was long since dead jesus said lazarus come forth and he got back up again so like you said the resurrecting or at least bringing the dead back to life thing that that is here and of course as we get with horror movies this is a really common theme where when they come back from the dead they're not quite the same <laughs> just like in pet cemetery for example
1: Yeah, of course, that movie came out. This, I mean, that was one of the things you thought of right away. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is for the listeners out there. We recently did a theme episode, and this fits perfectly in the theme of when science goes too far. And and that's what we've got here. So, um, Bill Shetty, the first thing I want to ask you about this, it stars Olivia Wilde. And, you know, now she's come to be a pretty big star but like you know she was in terista's way back in the day and how do you feel about her as a horror actress
1: i think she did phenomenal i actually think she was the star of the movie without her i probably would have been like you know dozing off a little bit like come on let's get over with this movie because the guy lead was absolutely terrible. If you ask me, it was so staged to me. I didn't <laughs> buy him at all. Mark Jay. Duplass.
0: Oh see, yeah. he's he's one of those mumblecore actors, and he usually does like, as we said, mumblecore. He's a director and a writer, and he's an actor as well. And you know, he plays in. He was in like the puffy chair. I doubt you've seen that and stuff but never heard of it these these are like wolfman josh type of movies here but i do like the puppy chair but yeah mark duplass i actually thought he did okay in this particular no. role why did you not like him
1: there's just several times in the movie that it just seemed like he was reading and you could tell it was unbelievable his reactions he was making in his face like i'll give you an example like up oh, towards the middle or so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: somebody dies in this of course our fans out there i'm not spoiling nothing but it gets into humans where they want to resurrect humans so there's a part in the movie where this takes place and all the other kids in this little experiment are telling them no they don't want to be a part of it and just the way he delivered his dialogue and kept repeating over and over that he's doing it and they don't care and you can leave it just wasn't believable. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy his
2: emotion. Man.
0: Yeah. You know, I will give you that. That whole scene in fact is problematic because yeah, I mean the, the premise of course, and people will know this if they've seen the trailer, which I, I would recommend avoiding the trailer in this if you haven't seen it yet. But, but yeah, they end up, needing to try it on a person. Just like in Pet Cemetery when it worked to bring back Church, the cat, and then they needed to do it on a person. Same here. And that scene was so rushed and the, it was all so forced and mm-hmm. it was just totally unbelievable that they ended up deciding that he persuaded his team to go ahead and start experimenting on human beings.
2: <laughs> there, there's
1: no way, man, now. I'm sure there might have been one out of five that might have stayed. But most people ain't going to risk their career. I don't care who they are. I mean, morally, there's so many different reasons and all of them stayed, you know? Like, come on. Like, it just didn't didn't work, man. Bad writing, bad acting.
0: Yeah, that scene is definitely problematic. But so, in this film, Bill Shetty, I just want to say this too up front, that I think the first third of the film works very well. And in fact you know, during the first third, the first act, I was thinking, man, this might be like 8.5 or 9 type of movie. No way. No, in the first act, the second two acts, I mean, second and third act, that just falls apart for me. But I, I actually thought they did a lot of things right. And one thing is they started pulling from a lot of other films. Like we talked about Pet Cemetery. There are Frankenstein references, not only in the script. I mean, they do like you know script quotes of Frankenstein which is kind of amusing but they also have like you know there's electricity and you know things like that and so I think that they were drawing upon some really good things in the beginning
1: yeah I don't I thought the beginning was slow like the first act and a half if you ask me I thought it took too long to get to the human personally I thought they drug it out way too long tried to build up too much suspense because come on, we're horror fans. We're there to get to the humans. You know what I mean? man. Well, that's so I wanted them to move to that way quicker than with, you know, learning about the characters and the husband and wife team and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then we had got some dream sequences going on here with the wife that does come into play down the end. Kind of a little confusing in the end, what is actually happening. But I was too enthused
0: with it. I don't see. I don't, I have to disagree with you here because, like, one thing I think what you're describing is a symptom of the PG-13 horror film. This is rated PG-13, and I think that unfortunately, in this type of rating, they have to really ramp up slowly because they can't go very far in terms of the rating, but like, I will say the first act kind of, they were trying to be creepy with the dog that they brought back. And I actually think that was very effective. They do pop culture references in here. They flat out referenced like Cujo yeah, of course. and, 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 you know, I knew they would say that, but what was interesting about it is they didn't take the Cujo approach and the dog itself, when they bring it back, it acts weird, but it's almost like it's just quiet Stop.
1: Yeah, it's docile.
0: Yeah, it doesn't do anything, and that's kind of creepy. And and one thing that impressed me, Bill Shetty, was that other than the dialogue cues and the music cues, you don't really see the dog do anything that's super threatening, but you still feel a little bit creeped out by it. Were you creeped out by the dog? Not at all, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Come on. You're, you're... It was dragging, Jay. You know me. I want to get excited <laughs> with the movie. I want to see something... 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops, tops, man. Like usually the first scene, first one or two scenes, I want to see something. I want to be engaged. That's me as a horror fan my whole life. I don't want to sit through 30 minutes of mumbo jumbo to get to something sort of creepy or scary. There is one part with the dog Mm -hmm. that I was curious with what was going to happen I don't like where they went with it. We can say it. A dog gets on a bed watching somebody sleeping. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nothing ends up happening with it. Like, you know, you're waiting, you're like, oh my God, what's this dog gonna do? Is it just gonna bark? Is it gonna attack? No. They just jump to another scene the next morning. Like, I'm like, what a failed (laughs) scene for a horror fan. Like it was something.
0: It was weird that they just cut that off. It was like cut to the next day. Like, hey,
1: even if the woman woke up and like the dog was growling or trying to snap or something, but no, it's just standing there. It reminded well, me of paranormal yeah. activity. Good, where <laughs> <he's> <laughs> just standing there.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what it reminded me of too. And, and as you maybe remember, I always thought that was creepy and paranormal activity when she's just standing there watching him. And so that is kind of freaky and it is threatening because the dog is up on the bed just standing there watching her sleep now that's that's a little bit troubling because I don't know if you've been around animals too much but when they do weird stuff like that it is unsettling like
1: I said it was a little bit I was getting excited there I wanted to see something but like you said they cut it right off and Jay as you know all dog lovers, cat lovers, usually sleep with their pets. So it wasn't something really out of the ordinary. It wasn't like he was growling, frothing from the mouth, anything. He was just standing there looking with a goofy, sad look on his face. So I, I was expecting something.
0: <laughs> I think you got to give him credit for the fact that he wasn't growling or frothing at the mouth because that would be cliche. And, and the fact that they didn't do that was good. And I'll, I'll tell you, here, Bill Shady, I'm gonna to try to impress you here with this with this movie because they they made a couple smart decisions. At one point, they do they give this dog a cat scan, which I think is hilarious that they're giving a dog a <laughs> cat scan. Anyway, that kind of made me chuckle to myself because I'm a weirdo. But they do this a few times in the film when they insert the dog into the cat scan tube, the camera which represents us. That's our perspective. The dog comes at the camera slowly, and they're just moving this dog, which we're uneasy with and we think is creepy. They're moving this dog toward the camera, and it's not doing anything or anything particularly threatening, but the fact that they're moving this this freak that's brought back from the dead toward us, it made me actually press back in my theater seat, and I was impressed that they actually got me to do that, and they do that very technique with this a couple other times in this film when they bring back, you know, when Olivia Wilde's character comes back, they have her close to the camera, too, and I feel like that's threatening. Yeah, I'm not impressed, Jay. Come on. <laughs> how, not... how can you not appreciate that? That's, that's some.
1: Because I was so trying to pay attention to the analytical scientific talk that they were discussing <laughs> about, we only use 10% of our brain, and look at all the network going off in the brain, they're using <laughs> all of it, and... So there was a lot of stuff you had to be engaged with, listening, paying attention to if you wanted to know what was happening with this drug that they were using on these people and the animals. You know what I mean? So I was trying to pay attention for you, Jay, because <laughs> of your show.
0: Yeah, right. You were holding hands and sharing popcorn. I know what you were doing. <laughs>
1: no, actually, I wasn't. I, <laughs> I'll tell you what. You want a good positive in this movie. Want tell it. A positive, negative. Tell it. They tried. And I know you don't like this. They tried so many cheap jump scares. Now, I don't think you've heard my cheap jump scare episode, Jay. (laughs) I
0: I know what you said in it. And and I'm really, I'm really. um, I love
1: them. I love them. I don't (laughs) care cheap. I don't care what you call them. I want to be engaged. I want to lift up. I want the hair stand. And that's me as a horror fan. I love it. There's nothing too cheap. They tried a good dozen times in this movie. Well, was there timing there? No, Jay. It got me twice. Yep. Once I was shocked it got me. Their timing was impeccable. It was it amazing. Was the best thing. It was amazing. Yep. Outstanding. And then there was another good one. But the other ten, I'm like, man, you could have been you could have been like a seven rated movie. If they would have had the timing, man. It would have worked in some of them scenes.
0: Yeah, that one made me jump up out of my seat. And I am not going to spoil it here, but I want to talk about an aspect of it. Because here's the thing. It's clear. It's evident. You know that a scare is coming as a horror fan. So there's no oh, yeah. doubt. But you have... It's, it's like right in the beginning of the movie, and you have her sitting... It's always dark in a horror movie. She's sitting there dark, and I don't know whether she's... She's looking over her work or whatever. And in the background to the left of, of her we see a figure standing there like a silhouette of a figure <laughs> and and where they go with that and how they handle that is absolutely on the
1: money yeah i loved it yeah and sort of slasher esque what i liked and man the timing was brutal man i loved it i'm like all right man, yeah it's gonna be something worth watching <laughs> yeah yeah but so- they they tried and failed way too much though man just so many out-of-place jump areas that would have never worked, probably not even on the teenager. Um, the theater was empty, so I had nothing to gauge. I think there was maybe six or eight people watching this movie.
0: I went on a Friday night, and people were jumping pretty good in this movie, and especially on that, that first big one. But, okay, I want to ask you about a theme here that's in this, and I, I like to get your take on this as a man who's a connoisseur of horror. There is a a recurring theme in horror, which is you get punished when you try to play God, when science goes too far. And in this movie, you know, they're trying to bridge that gap between life and death. Death is the big, scary, great unknown to us. And so you have characters here who are, um, in essence, playing God and trying to bring back characters across the void. Now, there's something instinctively scary about that, about crossing back over the line there's something about that that freaks us out. And I'm just wondering, what do you think that is? Because we should have been at ease with the fact that these characters that we love, like Olivia Wilde, who's a, a great character in the beginning. She's a really nice person. The fact that he brings her back, we should have been happy about that.
1: No, because you knew something was going to go awry. But even before that, I got to backtrack a minute. Her character, now, I can't, I'm not an expert in this area, I do know a lot of scientists and doctors and things like that, but the ones I know, they don't believe in God and things like that, they're scientists, so they only believe what can be proved, so I thought it was a little bizarre, but it does play along with the movie. That she is religious because they had a seven-minute monologue in here talking about (laughs) life after death. It was so eye-rollingly bad, this discussion about her believing in, you know, God and what could be out there. Is there a heaven and hell and stuff like that? (laughs) She's open to it.
2: it. She's not devout. Scientists aren't
1: though. Usually, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, her. See, her counterpart, the Mark Duplass character, he is your your traditional scientist in that way, and he's totally not a believer. And and she was just open to it. And I I thought that was kind of interesting that they did. that. She
1: was open to it, and also got into arguments about it. So it was more than just being open to it. She had you know strong feelings or hopes that there was something after this. You know what I mean? So I thought, now it plays with the story, like I said. So it's kind of a contradiction to me. So what was your last question, Jay? Sorry, I got off on that tangent.
0: Well, no, that's fine. I just wondered, for some reason, it creeps us out. Well, I'm just talking, just generally speaking, like dead bodies kind of creep us out. And it's like, well, why? why is that? Because they're not going to bite you or anything. Like, why would a dead body creep you out? You know, and then, right. and then the fact that these people come back, it's like, well, that's good news. I mean, why would that creep you out? But it does.
1: Yeah. Well, Jay, it's just you know, the majority of people don't want to be around death. It's something we are all going to die. So it's not like we sit and want to think about us dying. So. Right. We don't want to be around, it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> funeral directors and things like that we think are weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: because they're around this all the time.
0: But why? So, but see, like, why would we be freaked out, though, when the death is removed and they have returned? Because, I mean, that's interesting to me. I just think it, and the reason I guess I'm harping on this so much is because. It's funny how we seem to be hardwired like deep down in our psyche where that crossing that bridge over death is very taboo. We know it's taboo and that's why we're flipped out and we don't trust these people when they come back.
1: Well, I think what's taboo is coming back. Like you said, there is no coming back, man. Once you're dead, you're gone. So that in essence is freaky alone for anybody to come back after they you know biologically dead brain dead whatever you want to say
0: yeah yeah so so there's the spiritual side of this in this movie but there's also the moral question i mean just the scientist guy himself he he still had to answer the question you know just because you can bring somebody back should you and and they they briefly touch on that with with other people criticizing their work and i i actually wish that they would have gone into that more you would have probably oh, thought that geez. was boring
2: they what?
1: went too far already. I mean, they <laughs> tested the dog. The dog has problems. He's not acting right. Now they're going to do it on a woman? Like, it makes no sense, man. Now you get his... For one, that was... <laughs> when this lady dies in the movie, I mean, that was kind of comical what happened to me. I mean, I don't you to be laughing, but I was like, yeah. oh my God, this didn't just happen. Like, really? Yeah, it was And bad. then, like, you've you seen once that... Spark flew, man, you knew exactly what was going to happen the rest of the movie. Like, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. It's 35 minutes in. Now we know where this is going. Because it, he was just such a bad actor. It wasn't believable, man. <laughs> oh, you can't die like this. You can't do it. <laughs> and then all the kids are trying to, dude, like, you can't let it go. Let's call the doctor, you know. <laughs> Let's get help. I mean, it was just so fake.
0: Well, I agree. I mean, the death scene was terrible, but what made me actually laugh—like uh, I actually kind of cracked up in the theater—was the fact that she gets electrocuted by doing this certain part of the the process, and then, like, ten minutes later, he asked the next girl to do that same thing <laughs> that, that, that electrocuted the first girl, and and there you you see a, a tiny bit of like reticence. She's a little bit hesitant. But otherwise, like, she still doesn't. And I'd have been like, there's no
1: way I'm doing that. Did you see what happened to her? Exactly. Now, who do you blame on that? Do you blame the actress there that had to do that? I mean, Mm -hmm. I really do, man.
0: You blame the actress? No, I I think the screenwriters were really... Oh,
1: no, they definitely had a thought. Well, they,
0: they needed to put a throwaway line in there saying oh, this was the problem. This is fixed now. And you just do this. And don't worry, that won't happen to you. There just needed to be a line.
1: Well, no, the is definitely a big problem. But as an actor, you have to portray what's going on. So like you said, there was a mild bit of reticence, like you said. Yeah, there, It should have been, no, I'm not. They should have had to put a belt around her arm and made her Pull down that lever again, man, because you just ain't going to do this. (laughs) We're talking about a young 22 year old girl, probably.
0: Yeah, and she just saw somebody get fried. There's no way. Yeah, so that was dumb. There's a scene. So after she's brought back, there's a scene, and they show this in the trailer, and it makes me so angry that this was shown in the trailer. Because I tell you what, this would have gone a long way for me in the theater. I would have been genuinely creeped out. And I talked about this on Movie Podcast Weekly. She sits up under the sheet, okay? And and that's very Lazarus like, by the way, because when he came out of the tomb in, in the Bible, it talks about how he's wrapped up in his burial clothes and they had to, you know, take those off of him. So that yeah, was kind
1: Well Friday the thirteenth did this too, that you're covering now, buddy. So. Right.
0: Yeah. So I'm not saying it's unique or anything. I mean, we heard about this back with Lazarus. But the thing is, they showed it. In the trailer, and it is a creepy scene, the way she's sitting up. It looks really creepy, but having seen it in the trailer, it didn't get the momentum going for me, and I was saying on Movie Podcast Weekly, I think there is a momentum to a horror movie where they start getting you creeped out, and then they keep keep you going, And and that just, man, if they wouldn't have ruined that in the trailer, I think I would have gone more along with this movie.
1: No, I can tell you from not seeing the trailer, that wasn't creepy at all. It was so predictable, and it wasn't freaky at all. You knew something was coming. I'll tell you, halfway through this movie, I didn't even think it was going to hit that much horror, to be honest with you. It did up the game in that aspect, but I wasn't into it, man. I got out of it pretty quick, to be honest with you. Um, You I'll say one thing. It is a fascinating aspect about somebody coming back, and another d- movie did this, and it's escaping me, Juliet Roberts, one of the Baldwins, what was it, where they were doctors and they killed themselves. Oh,
0: oh, back. yeah. It's not the Frighteners. It's, um, it's oh. the other one. It's the uh, oh, Flatliners. Shit.
1: Flatliners. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was really interesting, which is a way, way better movie than this, but it's fascinating to know. People want to know what happens when you die, right? Right. So, of course, we're not going to know from the dog. <laughs> the dog's not going to speak, not unless they wanted to go comedy horror, oh, which I, I might have been more happy with. No, you wouldn't movie. have. I might have been, Jay. But. No. So it, that did keep you wanting to see more. Like, I wasn't totally, I didn't want to get up and walk out of this movie. It wasn't that bad. I was engaged, like, what did she see? What is gonna happen in the afterlife? So I was fascinated with that part.
0: Yeah, and in fact one of the characters asked her, Did you see heaven? Did you see anything like heaven? Mm-hmm. And what was really golden and impressive on Olivia Wilde's part in her performance is she didn't answer, but the look on her face, you knew she looked disturbed and you knew that it wasn't a good thing that she saw. And I was like really impressed with that.
1: Exactly. And there's one part up. Later on in the movie where she actually explains that she had done one thing wrong in her life and she couldn't believe that that sent her that direction. We'll put it that way. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Because, yeah, like many, many horror movies, there has been a traumatic experience in this lead character's life. And it right. still haunts her, and and I, I do. I will say we get a little revelation about that in the end of the film, and and that even though it's not a big deal, it creeped me out a little bit, and I thought it was really cool.
1: No, that was a decent spot, but I got a question for you, Jay. Do you think any of this movie had anything to do with possession?
0: That's really interesting because you know I could see where someone would read that because yeah, it seems like when they come back, they slowly but surely. Like, because she was herself sometimes, mm-hmm. but, but it was like she was losing control of herself. And so I think you could read Possession into it, though it wasn't blatant.
1: Right. And all I wanted to say about that is if you have any Possession ghost type fans out there, I think they might get out of a, or get more out of this film than uh, somebody like me. Like Chris Affix, we were talking about earlier, I think... This might be upper alley, even though it's nothing like her typical thing she likes, but it's got some lines in there and it goes a place where you didn't think it was going to go. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay, I want to ask you about this. At some point, we see that her fingers and parts of her body where she had injuries, like it started to turn gray like it was rotting or turning black. Like blackish, grayish, silver, charcoal colored. (laughs) And uh, I thought, oh, so we're getting a transition. So she has a transition internally, the way she's behaving. But also, is she turning into a beastly freak? I was really getting excited about that. And it reminded me of that film, Contracted, that you and I both really liked. no. No, wait, wait. Do you remember? In Contracted, that progresses and... You know, the last, what, five minutes of Contracted, I won't spoil it. But, man, I wish we would have had more of that. And I was hoping that this would kind of go in the same direction that Contracted did. But it does not. And that was yeah. really disappointing.
1: I don't think it really could have, Jay, because they was going more reality-based with this movie, more <laughs> than Supernatural-like. You know what I mean? So
0: It's pretty Supernatural. I mean, she yeah. has telepathy.
1: Well, and the CGI was pretty bad in this, man.
0: <laughs> I agree. And what about, I'm getting, I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting really tired of the black eyeballs. Oh, like, I know. That's very cliche. And I honestly, Olivia Wilde, she's a beautiful actress, but she can mm-hmm. make herself, just in her normal appearance, she can look pretty freaky and disturbing. I agree. And so, you know, they didn't need to make her eyeballs black. I, I just thought, man, that's, like, cheesy when they do that. Cause now yeah, but
1: that's going over that line into the possession field, man, with, like, what you said. that's Yeah. I, it started one place and went another place.
0: Yeah, yeah, but we've just seen it so much, and it's it bugs me. Uh, another thing I will compliment them on, though, and, and I really like this. They do this a few times in this film. So I, I think... I am going to credit a little bit of the direction, a little bit of the cinematography, because they will show us shots of the dead characters, the characters that were dead that have come back. They'll show us shots of them upside down, completely upside down. And in the cinema, for listeners who don't know this, like, you know, if they want to show us that something is slightly off or something is wrong, they'll do like a Dutch angle where the camera is tilted like a little bit, like 45 degree angle or whatever, but when something is way screwed up, when something is bad, then it's upside down and it's really rare. Well, they show us images of her uh, a few different times upside down and that's like, you know, it's like cinematic language, the cue into the viewer that something is seriously wrong here. I like that
1: yeah it's a texas chainsaw ripoff you can't beat that oh, man when that <laughs> bomb was upside down turned freaky malevolent talk man he, oh
0: yeah yeah it i always love him goes
1: back to that man the harb
0: <laughs> the the first harbinger of doom that i know of yep. yes in
1: existence man I, I think
0: that's right our, our number one horror film But honestly, Bill Shetty, before we move into ratings here, we got to wrap up soon. But I think the ultimate problem in this film is that they just did not know how to handle their monster. I think they knew how to create a monster. Uh, The first act, like I said, is really good, listeners out there. I don't, I think Bill Shetty's not giving it credit where credit's due, but man, after they got a monster on their hands, it's like, well, what do we do with it? So I think that's the big problem. They just didn't know how to handle the monster.
1: I think the whole movie's a problem. I think every aspect (laughs) of the movie's got problems, from the story to the writing to the execution to the timing to most of the acting. This is surprising, man. I mean, when you get a movie in a theater, I've seen so many better indie movies. Like, more than 50% are better than this man acted. I just really did not buy... The majority, except the girl, man, Olivia Wilde, incredible actress. Without her, man, this would have been toppling like a one, one and a half to me, Jay.
0: (laughs) I got you. I'll paint a picture here for the listeners here as we wrap up. I'll I'll go first. I'll let you have the final word of the night. But for me, The Lazarus Effect, everybody, this is a PG-13 horror film. Keep that in mind. It's classified as a horror thriller. And I'll tell you what it is. It's a blend of four different movies. It's Brainstorm, which was like a sci-fi thriller from the 80s, which is really good, by the way. It's Pet Cemetery. It's a touch of Frankenstein. And what it is the most is a new movie that just came out last year called Lucy with Scarlett Johansson. Did you see that movie?
1: No, but you're not throwing flatliners in there, Jay? Yeah,
0: it's flat. Okay, that's right. I'd say flatliners as well, for sure. That's a good point. But like this Lucy movie, you know, she, she starts using all of her brain and then she gets these telepathic powers. And of course, in Lucy, she use it, uses it for good. In this movie, she uses it for evil. So it's like an evil version of Lucy. And by the way, I didn't
2: Jay,
1: you're saying evil. Were you ever scared in this movie? I just wasn't typically scared of her character, even when she got all <laughs> demonic on
0: it. No, I wasn't, but the intention clearly is that she's evil. That they intend her to be. But anyways, my rating on this, because of the first act, was so strong to me. And, oh and, my and, and Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Olivia Wilde was so strong. I give it a 4.5 out of 10, and I'll tell you when this would be perfect to rent, because I'm going to call it a low-priority rental. A lot of times, the horror that they have at Redbox is pretty terrible, but I think this is an actual decent Redbox horror rental. So When you see um, the Lazarus Effect at Redbox, I say check it out, 4.5 low-priority rental.
1: What do you say, Bill Shetty? That's a glowing $1 review, buddy.
0: (laughs) Get what you pay for.
1: Jay is 100% backwards here. (laughs) The first act was by far the worst act in this movie. And it's funny you said how good of acting she did. She really didn't act that much in that part. It was more the whole group of them together.
0: You liked her too.
1: No, I loved her, but you're saying it's worth the first act. No way, man. No, the I'm first... saying
0: the first act I liked, but I'm not saying necessarily her acting in the first act was the attraction. I thought her acting throughout was pretty strong.
1: And you believe the build-up to where this will win you like we're getting like the whole time five minutes going 10 15 20 25 you're like excited still through all that
0: i was along for the ride uh, aside from the dumb parts that we were making fun of um, aside from those things which take you out of it a little bit uh yeah that first act i was ready for um an 8.59 rated horror (laughs) movie.
2: I I
1: was. Okay. Usually I love movies that do homages. This one I did not. They were very cheesily done. The Cujo line, the Frankenstein stuff. I didn't like it at all. It was so staged. I thought I was watching a play or something. (laughs) I didn't like it at all. Too slow for you horror fans that like to get in on the action. This movie's not it. It does start out, let's see, does start out one way ends in a different direction. Wasn't too happy with that. There was some cool scenes up towards the end. I'm glad I stuck with it. In the end, it's not a horror movie you need to see. There's so many good ones out there. I got so many top 10 movies on my uh, list on horroronthego.com. Please go over there and watch them films, buy them, rent them at least. I mean, don't waste your time, money, effort. Definitely do not see this in the theater. It is not worth it at all, the money. So I'm going to come in with a 3.3 for two jump scenes, Jay, and Olivia Wilde. Definitely worth it there, but no priority rental. (laughs) Okay,
0: so you said 3.3. Did you mean 3.5, or are you going to stick with 3.3? 3.3, buddy. What's the .3? I don't get that.
1: I just can't hit 3.5, man. That's... Almost at four, so I'm hitting the 3.3. Oh,
0: I thought you were messing with me, but you're serious. Okay, so this isn't a void.
1: That's (laughs) an avoid. This has some connotation with the movie, also, if you watch
2: it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Bill Shetty says it's a 3.3. It's the first time I heard that. He said, avoid the Lazarus effect. Before you run, I wonder if you could just tell the listeners your plugs, tell them where they can hear your show and how they can hear it.
1: Yes, come on fans, go.com to hear my show you must get the Android app which is on the Google Play Store, so if you have an Android smartphone or an Android tablet, so like a Samsung Galaxy, Lenovo makes a bunch of tablets, Google makes a bunch of tablets, millions of Android smartphones, but if you do have one of them phones, you can get the app, it's only $1.99, that's for life. And all my episodes of the show will always be on the app, and only be available on the app.
0: That's the so, truth.
1: <laughs> yep. And Jay's been bugging me to get them. I'm like, man, I can't give Jay That man. Well, <laughs> <So> anyway,
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna have to get an Android smartphone. I mean, that's. That's what it comes down to, and I I am going to do that.
1: Well, let me say this. I know I've been putting it off and putting it off. The whole last year, it definitely will be out on the Apple and Windows platform this year. I can't say exact time, but there's no doubt. I promise you it will be done next year. So if you do have an iPhone or an iPad or a Windows phone or a Windows Surface device, it will be on there. So that's over there, hard on the go in the Play Store. Then on Twitter, I'm just Bill Shetty. Facebook, I'm Bill.Shetty. Tumblr, I'm just Bill Shetty. And Google+, Plus, I just got my new Google Plus name. I am Bill Shetty. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs>
1: easy. When you got a name that nobody had beforehand, Jay, you can't beat it. So I got all the Bill Shettys. So come over to Horror Go. You can leave me messages on Twitter, Facebook, or email I got a contact form on the website yes check out the um, top 10 lists are over there and I do got a bunch more app for all devices including Apple devices one horror
0: on the go okay that just about wraps it up for episode 48 of horror movie podcast we thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this episode we want to take the time once again to thank our special guest bill shetty for all of his contributions we love your comments so get involved in the horror movie podcast community and keep them coming You can leave a comment in the show notes for this episode or you can email me at horrormoviepodcast at gmail.com and I will answer you within a week. You can also leave us a voicemail at 801-382-8789 and your voicemail, at least in part, will be played on the show. You can find all our episodes, including the weekly Horror Movie Podcast and Horror Metropolis, at our website, horrormoviepodcast.com. You can subscribe free on iTunes and you can follow us on Twitter at Horror We're also on Facebook and Google Plus and a bunch of other places. I want to thank Fred Ingram for the use of his music for the Horror Movie Podcast theme song. You can find more of Fred's music at frederickingram.com. I'll have all of this linked in the show notes. And I think that's it for episode 48. So we thank you for listening and join us again next week on Friday. For horror movie podcast where we're dead serious about
2: horror movies